Warning. The following podcast contains lots of terrible impressions. The audio quality could be better. Sorry about that. Some of my equipment broke. Swear to me! Hello and welcome to the Disc Dump Podcast. I'm your host, Miles Trout, and this is the show where we watch movies, play games, or listen to music in an effort to decide, are we going to keep the disc or are we going to dump it? And today, I am joined for, I believe, the fourth time by Mr. Tanner Carmen. How are you doing, Tanner? I'm well, I'm well. As always, I'm glad to be back. Glad to be hanging out with you, buddy. Yeah, I'm glad to have you back. I think now, at this point, you have been my guest more than anybody. Really? I think so, and it's like a year to the day of the first time we recorded, which is really wild. That's awesome. I feel so honored. You should. (laughs) (laughs) So, audience, this is Batman Month, and this is the finale of Batman Month, where we are talking about the Nolan trilogy. All the Chris Nolan ones in one fucking episode. What have I done to myself? Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) so um, unfortunately, I have recorded the last part of the episode first just because scheduling. So I'm kind of Benjamin buttoning my way through this. Um, (laughs) But we are talking about uh, Batman Begins, the 2005 flick. That's uh, that's what we're going to be talking about in a minute. So story time real quick. I remembered something today, and I don't know if the audience is going to care. It's probably going to be really weird for people who tuned in for Batman to get <laughs> some Miles Tanner time, but whatever. Fuck them. Uh, so <laughs> do you remember uh, – this is awkward. I don't know how much of this I should explain, but there was a day that the movie 40 Days and 40 Nights came out where uh, some dude who's really hot, apparently, Josh Hartnett, yeah. is trying to go 40 Days and 40 Nights without getting laid. Do you remember this? Wait, you got, I think, oh, okay, I have my, my movies all mixed up. I was thinking 30 Days of Night. He's been in too many movies with Days and Nights. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's. Yes, I do remember that movie. Do you remember what I did when that movie came out? I tried to go 40 Days and 40 Nights without <laughs> becoming the master of my own domain or whatever it is that they say. So, uh, you and your brother made a point to try and ruin that for me <laughs> and uh there was a day I, I don't know why today it all came rushing back to me but this this came yeah, back like to me today. 6 30 this morning yep i was like <laughs> oh shit i'm gonna text Tanner, remind me to tell the story um so you and your brother made a huge effort to try and get me to not to fail in this mission <laughs> and uh you were putting videos on and shit when i was around i was like you guys are assholes uh but oh uh so what had happened was one of you two, I don't know which one, snuck a Playboy into my backpack. <laughs> and <definitely> Aaron. <laughs> it was one of you two, and I was like, I opened up my backpack in first period, and I was like, fuck, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> so I went, I, uh, I asked for a bathroom break or whatever, and I went out to my locker, and I threw it in my locker. 
And then the last period of the day, they told us, like, like we always ended in homeroom or whatever, and they went, so uh, we think everyone's lockers are disorganized, so we're going to go through everybody's oh, lockers. Oh, my God. And I was like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> like, this is the day that this has to happen. Really? This is the day. So I think you even saved me in this scenario because the teachers, like, it was two teachers going through each individual locker with people, but they had all of us out there at one time. Yeah. So, like, I had you stand between them and my locker and, like, talk to them for a second while I was, like, trying to desperately jam it into my backpack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my and, God. Uh, yeah, I don't know why that day just came back to me. We were in like seventh grade or some shit. Oh, <laughs> but wow. Yeah, I just remember that you like somebody stuck a Playboy in my backpack on the worst possible day <laughs> to have done it. And this is when Playboy showed boobies. So it was. It was oh, a, my God. That is bad to be like 14 and having a nudie mag. Oh, my God. Well, that that does. I mean. That's crazy, but it'll never top you walking into school on the last day of school with a pink mohawk. I don't know if I ever told that story on the podcast. <laughs> That's a great one. <laughs> that was, yeah, they fucking gave me detention on the last day. That or you got suspended or something? Or you had to yeah, serve got, it when we came back. I got IUSS until my mohawk <laughs> got shaved off, and they called my mom and they said, "Come pick him up and shave this thing off." <laughs> Oh man! I don't remember why I did it. I I wanted it to be red, but my hair being the way it was, it just came out pink. <laughs> yeah, that was a problem. And I uh, loved it. It was great, man. Uh, middle school were some great years for us. It really was. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, but I remember when she shaved it off. I just had a pink streak because my scalp <laughs> was also dyed pink. <laughs> so, oh my god! Uh, you should do anyway. It Bring it back. I, I've thought about it many times. I am trying so hard to – my mom's old camera used to, like, store all the pictures on floppy disks. So my sister and I picked up all the floppy disks of the pictures of our youth, got an adapter to adapt it to, like, a modern-day computer, and wow. went through all of them. And I could not find a single picture of that fucking mohawk. What? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's now just a, a thing of folklore, I guess, that I had a pink mohawk for a day. It's mythology at this point. Yep. <laughs> anyway, so that was story time with Tanner and Miles. Uh, blast from the past. <laughs> blast from the past for sure. So we watched Batman Begins for the first part of this three-part episode. Did you rewatch the movie for this, or are you just going off memory? Nope, I rewatched it last night. How did it hit this time, uh, like 15 years after it came out? Um. Well, so I'm a little biased because I have watched each of these movies, uh, Batman Begins, Dark Knight Rises, or Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, like thousands of times. I could recite them in my sleep. But to be honest, I just I had another, like even more of appreciation for how Christopher Nolan directed these movies and produced them. Like that and Christian Bale will always be my Batman. Me too. Me too. <laughs> Not fat, fat Affleck. I mean, I really liked Ben Affleck too, I but too. I'm I did too. I'm I'm in the minority. I feel like, or we're in the minority. I guess I'm glad you I liked him. Too. Him. I I saw him more as a uh, Flashpoint Batman. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know the Flashpoint storyline too much, but it's uh yeah, I really liked it, especially the fight scene in Batman versus Superman where he takes out a room full of dudes. 
That's the best Batman anything you're ever going to get. He just – well, he killed a lot of people in that one, though. Too. <laughs> he killed a lot of people in that one. Like, that's one of, like, the hallmarks of Batman is that he doesn't kill people. <laughs> no guns, no killing. I know. But... Well, I have – well, it's funny you bring up the no gun. Well, well, we'll get into it. I saw – it was a – Christopher Nolan did a very good job of just putting a lot of symbolic, like, references in his movies. And he did it a lot in Batman Begins. Uh, well, let's talk about it. What? Give me an example. So when Bruce is going to the trial, um, oh, I can't remember the guy's last name that shot his parents. And, mm. you know, he gets through the whole scene where he has the gun and Rachel sees it and slaps him in his face and all that stuff. And then you see him look at this gun and think to himself, like, wow, my parents got killed by somebody using a gun and I wanted to do the same thing, like just feeling so totally like beaten down on himself and disgusted. And he throws it into um, Gotham River, Hudson River, whatever you want to call it, the river. And it's just very symbolic that like that's the moment that he decides I'm not going to be the one using guns. Like I'm just going to um, like take people out, knock them out, not kill them. Yeah. I guess that was the moment, huh? I just know that was just something that really stuck out to me. I was like, wow. And was that like before or after the League of Shadows shit? That was before, right? No, it was after. So, oh, that's League- right. It is before because that's when he turns to his life of crime and he gets rid of his coat. And that's yeah. all he had to do to become yes, a criminal. Yes, yes. <laughs> I yeah, definitely have some. Coat and give this guy all of his money in his wallet. Yeah, like there's there's definitely I have some gripes with this movie. It's not a perfect movie. Yes, but, I would agree. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, all he had to do was shed his his wealthy man's coat and give him his give a homeless guy his wallet, and he's like, peace. I'm a bad guy. Steamboat and become a a stowaway. Yeah, and then uh, he robbed himself. So I guess he couldn't have gone to jail <laughs> for robbing himself. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he he does all that kind of shit, which is. It was cool. I like the that whole scene where he's like, "I'm gonna kill this guy," because it was it felt more real, like the way a real person would take yes. that. Because not everybody can do backflips off of walls and have gadgets and poke people in the eye with their bat ears, <laughs> or have a Lucius Fox at their disposal. Man, I like so none of the other movies before this or since have had Lucius Fox in them. Now, I was going to say, I think Morgan Freeman was a perfect cast for Lucius Fox. Fuck yeah, he was awesome in this movie. Specifically this one, compared to all the other ones, I really appreciated yes. his post in this one. Because he, he's great. like so sly, he's just like, spelunking, really? <laughs> <laughs> Don't think of me as a fool, Mr. Wayne. Yeah. And uh, when he's like, what's that? And he goes, oh, you wouldn't be interested in that. And then they're like driving <laughs> around in the Batmobile and shit. <laughs> Well, the best part is at the very end when Mr. Earl walks in, he's like, Mr. Fox, I could have sworn I I fired you. It's like, you did. And now I took your job. Didn't you get the memo? Yeah. (laughs) Perfect. Just perfect. So all three of these movies have like a corporate bad guy. Somebody who's involved with Wayne Enterprises who's like, I got all this figured out. Fuck you, Bruce Wayne. How did you feel about Rudger Hauer's character in this movie? I mean, again, a perfect cast. Um, mm-hmm. I think like his character just he did he portrayed it very well, but you just really hated him the whole time. I, at least it's, I. Yeah, he's a fucking dickhead in this movie. I love yeah. 
but it's a shit. He died last year. It's really sad. Oh, R.I.P. R.I.P. Rutger Hauer. He was in a movie. Uh, I forget what it was, but he played a blind samurai, a blind white guy samurai, and it was pretty good until the last scene of the movie where he's fighting a room full of guys and he turns out the lights and you just hear it. You don't see it. It's just black. Oh, screen. what the hell? Yeah, I was pretty pissed off about that. <laughs> what but a yeah, cop out. I really liked the movie up to that point. But anyway, I don't know if anyone else saw that movie, but it was very silly. Um, so uh, did you did you play any of the uh, the Arkham games? I didn't. I don't know why I did not jump on that train. I But I thought about it. I was like, I've never once played a Batman. I've watched you play them. Um, really? Oh. The Arkham Knight one. Yeah, those games are fucking dope, dude. You gotta get one. I need to. Well, as you know, I just jumped on the Fallout wagon. Oh, God. Okay. Pause the podcast. Not really. <laughs> Let's know. talk about Fallout for a minute. Sorry, sorry audience that are here for Batman. We we just gotta <laughs> catch up a little. Anyway. Oh, I love it, though. It's fantastic. Oh, dude, those games are the best. So I think episode two of this show is about uh, Fallout New Vegas, which is the one that came before that. Okay. But yeah, is oh, my God, that's my favorite one. But New we'll Vegas. talk more about that later. Yeah. yeah, New Vegas is fucking amazing. But uh, the Arkham games, at least the second one was produced by Christopher Nolan. Wow. So the second game came out around the time the third movie did. And there's a scene in the third movie where Batman and Catwoman are fucking people up on a rooftop. Yes. And they they literally, like, made the background the same as in the video game. Wow. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. So this game, this movie, like, paved the way for those games a little bit. I think Arkham Asylum, the first one, came out around the same time as the first movie did. Would make so, sense. Yeah, and the fact that some of this movie takes place in Arkham Asylum made me go like, yeah, this is fucking awesome. I wish they would have spent more time in Arkham, though. Yeah, the only thing you really get is Batman, like, summoning a bunch of bats, which, by the way, he doesn't do in any of the other movies. I know, that was I, that was something that I thought was actually really, really cool. Just mm-hmm. in general, like, I mean, for Batman, it's, it's fucking awesome, but to do it in a movie like that, I don't know, it was, it was definitely a... A unique spin on the Batman. Yeah, I'm like, okay, so, oh, so good. There's, my brain is going in so many directions because I have so much <laughs> I, I want to say about this fucking movie. <laughs> so they went to Arkham Asylum because uh, Scarecrow is in this movie. And good on Christopher Nolan for not starting with the Joker, being like, let's work our way up. Let's start with like a B-lister and make him an A-lister. So he made Scarecrow like this huge big thing. Uh, how did you feel about Cillian Murphy playing Scarecrow and like another absolutely perfect cast? Like, Hell yeah! I think when I think about like Batman and the characters that come to mind and like the actors, every single actor that was casted in Batman, Batman Begins, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, they were all so well done and perfectly cast, and. I guess Christopher Nolan really needs to get the kudos on that one because he did a great job. For sure. Like, I, with okay, this is going to be a little controversial, but I feel like Christian Bale isn't a good Bruce Wayne. He's hmm. an amazing Batman, but as far as being Bruce Wayne, he spends so, a very little time being Bruce Wayne. Which I would agree, and maybe that's why you feel that way. We didn't get enough Bruce Wayne out of him. No, like, I liked him as old man Bruce Wayne was pretty cool in the third one, 
but like Ben Affleck was a fucking badass Bruce Wayne and a pretty good Batman. But I feel like Christian Bale wasn't the best Bruce Wayne. But I can do that. I can yeah. definitely do that. I, I but at the same time, you were right. Like he is definitely a fantastic Batman. Yeah. Like, I think he'd have to be like right up there with Michael Keaton. Maybe maybe above him. Uh, yeah, I might put him above him. The only That's person what... that I'm I'm a little uh I'm intrigued by Robert Pattinson. I think he might be pretty fucking good. He looks like he's gonna be pretty good. I know, and I think they're finally like not that the Christopher Nolan trilogies weren't dark, like of course they were incredibly dark, but this new Robert Pattinson Batman seems to be even darker, which is why I love DC Comics. For sure. You know, and their storylines are much more deeper, darker, like grittier, and just really catch you. And we're going to have an R-rated Batman, so, like, I'm fucking stoked. <laughs> I'm ready to see some blood. <laughs> yeah. He beats the shit out of that guy in the commercial. Oh, my God. Well, so, of, like, uh, villains they have coming into that movie is kind of crazy. I, okay, fan theory time. Here we go. Uh, do you have you ever seen the the comic movie or read the comic Hush? No. So everyone's saying the bad guy's gonna be the Riddler. I don't think so. I think it's gonna be Hush. So Hush is a plastic surgeon who makes people look like other people. Okay. But when he's in like Hush mode, where he's like bad guy mode. His whole face is wrapped up the way that the so-called Riddler is wrapping up. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Who you're talking about now. So he's got like gauze wrapped around his face. Yeah, exactly. So I think that it's not the Riddler. I think it's Hush pretending to be the Riddler. I like that theory much, much more than him being the Riddler. Yeah, I think it's going to be good. Another perfect casting with fucking Paul Dano is going to be the Riddler or potentially Hush. I think it's fucking dope. Paul Dano. I'm trying to think who that is. I'm going to look him up. Um, you ever see the movie Prisoners? Yes. Oh, wow. Yes, he is going to be a good cast. Yeah, he's like, he's such a meek little dude. I think he's going to yeah. fucking kill it. Prisoners was a fantastic movie. Totally side note there, but. Yeah, I did. I think episode 14 of the show is about Prisoners. So. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, um, yeah, so Batman, he, he, I don't think he was the best Bruce Wayne. I feel like I probably say that in the other parts of this episode I recorded too, but whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but yeah, like, so how do you feel about Batman's fight style in these movies? Just the power punches, like one. Punch I really, I do like it. Like, it's interesting to see Bruce Wayne's, I don't know, because when he was locked up in the Korean Chinese Oriental, uh, prison, like he took down that big dude who was like, I'm the devil bitch and took him down real easily. But then he goes into the league of shadows and it seems like that he like loses that fighting style. And it's more about like using the sword and, and ninjutsu and whatnot. But then he becomes Batman. And I love just the power. Like he takes each blow and just delivers another blow. It, I don't know. It's pretty cool. I mean, yeah, I'm on both sides of the fence on that one. Like, I lo- I enjoy watching it because it's aesthetically pleasing to watch someone get knocked out in one punch. Yeah. But at the same time, like, he's fighting eight guys and they're unconscious in ten seconds. Is like, all right. Are you well, thinking about the uh, scene when, like, with Carmine Falcone? 
Or yeah, when he's in the the shipping yard and yep. he like drops yep. down That's between ten dudes. Yep. And they all have Uzis, but instead they want to fist fight with him. <laughs> <laughs> like I wouldn't care who else I would shoot if that dude dropped there down. There are definitely a lot of holes in that regard. I I thought about that too. It's like you guys are all standing within like maybe ten feet at the minimum of this guy, and you all have automatic machine guns. Like why are we not hearing any of the bullets? <laughs> They're just like, oh, get him, punch, punch, punch. We'll, we'll knock him out. Yeah, that's the problem with all the like Bruce Lee movies too. Is that like all these big dudes and stuff want to fight him with kung fu, and they all have guns. They could just fucking shoot him. Like he's not <laughs> bulletproof. He'll be fine. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, Jackie Chan's the only one that can really take the the firepower. Yeah, he's. I mean, Jackie Chan's the shit. Jet Li's pretty fucking great too. Good and, point. Oh man, dude, Jet Li Batman would be awesome. There's a lot of really well, I don't know. I think I used to, I used to work with a set of kids, and they would always ask me, okay, oh no, it was this kid I worked with at the YMCA. He was obsessed with comics, and would ask me, okay, who would win this fight, Batman or Thor? And there is a simulator you can do online to like do that, and it was yeah. actually pretty cool. Sorry, totally off topic. Well, you can't just say that and not tell us who wins. Well, okay, let's let's check it out. Oh, are you finding the simula- simulator right now? Yeah. It would be like as much as I feel like Batman could kick anybody's ass. He's definitely better than Iron Man. He could definitely take down Superman. Like he, Superman could kill him in like a thought, but the, it doesn't matter because he's Batman. He can win. Thor is a tough one because like he's Thor's an Asgardian. Like, he so gets hit the- by like trucks and it's fine. Like. Yeah, puny human. Well, okay, so here's the uh, the explanation. Thor versus Batman. Batman has some seriously amazing kit, um, a super suit, and a big brain. But Thor, at the height of his power, is a super strong alien and an accomplished warrior with a special hammer and the ability to control lightning, while Bruce Wayne is ultimately still a puny human. So I think we're going with Thor on that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, unfortunately, you might be right. Like, of course, he's gonna have a contingency plan because that's what Batman's main superpower is. Is he's thought about it, <laughs> but like that really is Batman's main plan. Is he spent time when he wasn't there thinking about it and preparing. So, but yeah, it's it's. I don't think there's much of a contest there. If if Batman was on the field in Infinity War when Thor came down, ain't a damn way Batman would beat him. Yes. I would agree. So the fear toxin, um, maybe, maybe that would work. I don't know. Uh, so I wasn't overwhelmingly appreciative of all the hallucination scenes in this movie. They seem to like get worse as it went on. How did you feel about the hallucinations? Well, to be honest, I think the only hallucin, like when Batman first got and he's seeing the bats come out of Crane's mouth and stuff like that. Like, okay, I can see that. I think the best one was when he gave it to Crane and he was seeing Batman and, and you, all you see is this like black blood stuff coming out of, like just pouring out of his mouth. I don't know. I really like that for some reason. But other than that, all of the other, like, like when Rachel um, was doing it and the little kid, like, I don't know. Wasn't, wasn't for me. Yeah, I mean, not that either of us have done hallucinogens, nor have we done them together, no. but um, we would never do that. 
But if they were, I feel like that was a little bit more on the realistic side as far as like, oh, shit, things are melting in front of me and a little bit scarier <laughs> than they're supposed to be. I don't know. I feel like that's probably a thing. If anyone had ever done a hallucinogen, perhaps they could understand and relate. Yeah. But I that's know. not us. Yeah, we wouldn't know. <laughs> but no, I, I do think I do think is like they did kind of. I don't know. There were points in the movie where I was like, I feel like they're spending just a little bit too much time on this and that. Um, that I, I don't know. There were parts. I don't know if you felt the same way, but there were parts of the movie where I was just like, some some of this is being drawn out when they could be spending more on something else. And I don't like know, what I tell you what it was. I don't know. You don't I, know. Yeah. Like more I mean, fight scenes, maybe. Yeah, the, this movie definitely lacked in the fight scenes. There was a lot of establishing Batman. Yes. They spent a long time being like, did you know Batman's parents died? Like, yeah. Of course we do. We've seen Batman before. Every that's Batman. A, that's exactly it. I think they they just spent too much time on the origin story when they had all the opportunity to just do it quickly and then really go into Scarecrow, Ra's al Ghul, um, even bring in maybe another couple other different ones. Well, there were a couple of, like, B-listers in there that were, unless you're a real Batman fan, you really didn't pick it up. There like, were cool. Like, uh, Victor Zaz. Do you know who yeah. Victor Zaz is? Yeah! Victor Zaz is awesome. The He's in it shooter. for... Uh, no, Victor Zaz is a serial killer. He likes to well, chop women up. is he, like, a hired gun with Falcone? Or is that, I'm thinking of somebody else. I think you're thinking of somebody else, because Victor Zaz, like... He likes to rape and murder women, and then everybody he kills, he, like, puts a slash in his body somewhere. Oh, like wow. I'm thinking of, like, Gotham Victor's ass, then. Oh, is he, like, a, a shooter in that one? Yeah, he's a hired gun, basically. Gotcha. Yeah, he... Wow, this Victor's ass is much more uh, sinister, darker. Yeah, that. I mean, I could also be wrong. Like, that's who he is in the Arkham games. So, as the Christopher Nolan take on him is he's a street-level thug. So, yeah. like... He's they did apparently. say that all of those like rapists and murderers got out of Arkham when he sort of broke in or broke out. He's the most annoying part of the like early Batman games because what he does is he's like, I have someone, I'm gonna stab him, but I called you on a payphone. Get to another payphone in time or else I'm gonna kill him. So okay. it's like all these time trials get across the map as quick as you can kind of things. That is annoying. <laughs> Those are fucking annoying. But once you do it like five times, then you can catch him and take care of him. But he like is a twisted fucking dude. Another one was uh, what's his name? Uh, it's funny. I have a big section of my notes that just goes swear to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm Batman. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Flask is Gordon's partner, and he's like a crooked cop in this movie. The whole I feel time, like... I thought that was Harvey Bullock. I don't know why. Harvey Bullock. I'm not sure I know that name. He's like a... I, I thought he was another one of... Um, Gordon... Like, a, another cop. He is another cop. In the Arkham games, he's like a crooked cop that... Yep. Batman always finds him and it goes, okay, you know what the bad guy's doing. I'm going to find you and tell me what's going on. So I feel like that's – he he's also in 30 Days of Night. So the actor is <laughs> – um, I just know him as the guy that from 30 strong, Days of Night. Right? He's in everything. He's in fucking Mandalorian and shit. He's all over the place, that he's, guy. He's a – oh, he's in um, Sons of Anarchy too. I believe it. He looks like the kind of guy that would be in Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> um. 
Yeah, he does. So, um, speaking of casting, Katie Holmes versus Maggie Gyllenhaal. Who do you prefer? Katie Holmes. Uh, well, really? No. Okay. Maybe I only feel that. Okay, I didn't. Honestly, she was one of my least like char- favorite characters, and it was because of Katie Holmes' acting. And mm-hmm. I think I, I initially said Katie Holmes at first because she was the first one. I don't really like when trilogy series change up actors in the middle of it. But Maggie Gyllenhaal really came in and stepped up and did a great job during Dark Knight. I agree. And I think she was better written in Dark Knight also. So, like, it's not entirely... Like, her character had a little bit more substance to her. Yeah, she became, like, a champion in herself. Whereas in this one, she was... She was a champion, kind of, but she wasn't all that impressive. But More that this, important. Or that important, yeah. But in the second one, she's super important and yeah. also a badass. So, like, that that can't entirely be blamed on Katie Holmes. But Katie Holmes has those, like, droopy basset hound eyes that, like, <laughs> enchant me. I don't know why. <laughs> find that enchanting. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah, I think Katie Holmes is smoking hot. I mean, she's oh. definitely good looking. Maybe that's perhaps I think she is a little bit better looking than Maggie Gyllenhaal. But the other thing too is is interesting that Katie Holmes, I, I, from what I understand, the reason she was not a part of Dark Knight is because Christian Bale looked too much like Tom Cruise, and Tom Cruise was not happy about that. Really? I think so. <laughs> I now don't quote me on it. That could be just a rumor or clickbait type stuff, but I swear I remember hearing that. I mean, that could be true. I don't know when Katie Holmes and Tom Cruise like split up or whatever. I don't oh, no, know. They were definitely still married during during this. Yeah, so I I don't know. But you don't see much of Katie Holmes these days. Uh-huh. So, yeah, there's uh, Joffrey's in it from Game of Thrones. I, yes, I was going to say he's the little kid. He's the little kid. He's like... I want my mom. I can't find my mom. Help me. He, they just touch his face lightly. Like, <laughs> He's like, get, get out of here, kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's there's a bunch of really good quotes. Well, was, like, there's a lot of really good cat. Like, I mean, we haven't even gotten to Roz or Alfred. Like, Alfred, uh, I think, perfectly cast. We've never had a bad Alfred. No, like, I, even who was Jeremy Irons? Right? Is yeah. He wasn't oh, he was bad either. He was good. He's. I don't know if he'll be back for the next one though. If because they're saying they're all back from like Justice League people, they're all like, "Are we doing another one?" I'm in. Yeah. So, but Jeremy Irons, he went out publicly and said, "I only did this for the money. I was broke at the moment, so I just needed yeah. some cash." Wow. So I, I hope he comes back because that's a dickhead thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> but. Well, um, how excited are you for the four-hour Snyder cut? Dude, I'm pretty stoked cuz I never Back. thought it was a bad movie. Like I didn't I was, either. I thought he, it was actually okay. Like it wasn't amazing. It was pretty no. short, but I thought it was okay. People talk mad shit and I'm like, "Why do you guys hate Ben Affleck?" So, like there's no reason just cuz it's not Marvel isn't a good reason to not like a movie. No, and I, the only reason I honestly, I'm petty. The only reason I didn't like Ben Affleck is because he wasn't Christian Bale. And like I just I, have such a hard like heart spot for Christian Bale just because those these three movies were fantastic. They were they have their problems, especially yeah. the third one. The third one's got a lot of problems. Yeah. But like yeah, we we tear it apart in the third part. So stay tuned I'll for think, that. Yeah, audience. I'll have to really listen to that one. 
Even yeah. though Tom Hardy was a perfectly cast Bane, too. It, I mean, sort of. Bane's supposed oh. to be a South American smooth talker. So it is weird that, oh, so you think darkness is your ally. Like, that's, that's weird. I love that. I loved his voice. I love the, the tone, the way that he did it. I don't know. I just... It's well, better than the bait, like the crush him and like just be this crazy mental Bane type thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like he had just a little bit more character to him. They did us dirty in the movies before that because he's supposed yeah. to be real slick and they made him like a brainless brute and Batman That's what forever I was thinking or whatever. With, uh, Poison Ivy, uh, Uma Thurman. Yeah, they did us dirty on Bane on that one because Bane is supposed to be like not only huge and powerful, but also like two Incredibly steps ahead of everybody. Wow. Yeah, like yeah. he's a smart fucking character, but and like they did well as far as that, like making him eloquent and smart, but at the same time, he's not supposed to be Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, it could be worse, but oh, I spent. I spent like from 2012 to 2016 pretty much exclusively talking like Bane, so I really shouldn't You're talk. You're doing well. <laughs> oh, thank you. It, it was many years of practice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, Rachel. So, so there was a lot of good quotes in this movie. Like, um, all creatures feel fear, especially the scary ones. Like, that was pretty good. Like, you're going to be scared when you're Batman, but, like, you're also going to be scary. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, like the, the quote that he had when he first walked into the League of Shadows. Something about wanting to use fear against those that use fear on the helpless or something like that. I can't remember exactly what he said, but it did resonate with me. Fear is definitely the theme of the movie, mm-hmm. for sure. And, Over. like, why do, why do we get knocked out to get back up? Blah, blah, blah. Something else I enjoyed that I feel like I could imply, like I could apply to my real life is if you start pretending to have fun, you might accidentally have a little bit by accident. So, or you... <laughs> I thought that was a pretty good line. Yeah, every, that is a good one. Every time Alfred speaks, it's pure gold. Every yeah. time. He's so wise. Because he's Michael Caine. Michael fucking Kane. So we didn't really talk about this. He's excellent. Fucking love Michael Kane. Absolutely. I, lo- I looked up his career. He has acted in at least one movie every year since 1962. Uh, that's a that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's a fucking lot of movies. <laughs> like, was he, he in all, Was he Austin Powers' dad at one point? Yeah, he was. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that was the only movie he did that year, for the record. <laughs> I feel like he did some meaningful shit. I mean, I'm he was sure... in the original Italian job? Wow. Yeah, man. he was. I think his first movie was Zulu, which was like a 60s movie about British imperialists coming in and fucking up a bunch of African dudes. Oh. And it's a bad movie. It's a bad movie. But yeah, he's fucking excellent. And Liam Neeson, man. He's the fucking yes. guy. Oh, he's so excellent. Perfectly cast again. Now, I'm not going to lie. They they did. Is Roz typically white, like in the comics? Or is he a little, like, oriental? Um, His facial hair and hair are impossible in real life. Like, they're weird, spiky, yeah. anime-looking shit. Yeah. So it's hard to say if he's white or not. I would okay. venture a guess to say not white. Yeah. I think the only thing I like notice about it is that they whitewashed Raz a little bit, but I still, I mean, Liam Neeson, Liam Neeson is Liam Neeson, so the fake Raz was pretty good too. They have the yes. guy that's in every 
fucking movie that that he makes. Uh, he was in Pirates of the Caribbean. Ken Watanabe is his name. Uh, he's definitely and, in all of like the Forty Seven Ronin, The Last Samurai. He's in all of Christopher Nolan's movies. Like at some point. Oh, he not, was in Inception as well. You're right. He was in Inception. He's in all the well. He's in one of the Batman movies. He's just. Oh, he's a great actor. He's in the Godzilla movies. And yeah. Oh, he fucking does. love that guy. He he does not play much of a role in this movie, though. Um, Let's see here. I'm glad that Falcone was in it because he's like the catalyst that makes Batman happen in the comics also. Mm-hmm. But Falcone gets dethroned by Black Mask, I think. And then Black Mask losing his powers when the Joker comes in. But they kind of just skip Black Masks in this one. Yeah, I don't even think I know much about him. He's the bad guy in the Harley Quinn movie. So he does have a screen. Uh, Ewan McGregor plays him. And Ewan McGregor's cool. Okay. Black Mask is okay at best. So, I mean, you know, can't it could be worse. Um Arkham Origins, they make it seem like Black Mask is going to be the main bad guy, and then it turns out that the Joker's the main bad guy, blah, blah, blah. So, you know. Um, Swear to me. Uh, Every time I read it, I feel like I have to say it. Uh, I don't know. I I really, really enjoyed Scarecrow. I thought Scarecrow was fantastic. It is weird that he pops up in the later movies, not as the Scarecrow. Yeah, how does he pop up? He just, like, Batman doesn't kill him or anything. He doesn't even arrest him, I don't think. He just, like, sprays him with fear gas, and he's like, oh, no, yeah. you got me. And then he goes insane. Yeah, and, like, you know, it could be worse. Is he is he in Dark Knight? Yeah, he's in one of the first scenes in Dark Knight where you see Batman. He, like, staged a setup with the Russian guys to, like, try and oh, I rob do remember them. that. He was buying more of the, the fear gas. Yeah, and then they dropped all the fake Batmans in with the hockey pants and the shotguns. (laughs) Scene that doesn't make sense, but unfortunately I have to cover that in the next part. But and then in the third one, he is like the judge, jury, and executioner of like everyone who committed crime in Gotham. That's like white collar crime. So he's in all three of them, which I guess that makes him and Christian Bale like the only ones, and Alfred, of course. Speaking of perfect castings and people who are in all three of them. Commissioner Gordon, bro. Yes. Yeah. Serious Black. Black. Um, ah, why am I having a hard time? Gary Oldman. Everything yeah. that man touches is gold. Except for one movie. There's one movie he did that was not the best movie oh, ever it? made. It's called Tiptoes. Have you ever heard of Tiptoes? Uh-uh. It's about a family of little people, and everyone who plays a little person is not a real little person in real life. Hmm. And it's about a little person who falls in love with a beautiful woman, and her family's like, this is unacceptable. You can't marry a little person. And they turned it into a weird comedy. And yeah, Gary Oldman is like the dad, and I've only seen parts of it. It's bad. (laughs) Wow, he was in Lost in Space. He was in Lost in Space. Another fantastic movie. He was the bad guy in that. Yeah. I fucking love that movie. I know not most people do, but I fucking love that movie. And in Book of Eli, he was a bad guy in that, too. Wow. Yeah, he's everything he touches is fucking gold. Mm-hmm. 
he was the bad guy in Hannibal, uh, like the second movie in the franchise. Do you ever yeah. see that one? Yeah, it was Silence of the Lambs, then it was Hannibal, right? Right, and Hannibal he Rising. played he played Mason Verger, the guy that's yes. like missing his face. Fucking Gary Oldman's the best, man. He's so talented. He really is. Wow, he was Winston Churchill too. Yeah. Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy. Anyway, he's uh, he's so fucking great. So him as Commissioner Gordon was a the perfect casting, but like also seeing Commissioner Gordon's like growth through this whole franchise was great because he starts off as like a beat cop slash detective guy, and he ends up being the commissioner. Like, oh, he's so good. He doesn't take bribes like his partner does. Like that's a bold move. That'll get you. Like the only actual good cop on the force. Yeah, exactly. Which is why he invests in Harvey Dent because he thinks Harvey Dent's like him, but higher ranking. But yeah, like uh, all the other cops are crooked, but him and they don't kill him, which is unrealistic, I feel like, because crooked cops tend to kill not crooked cops in real life when they get yeah. figured out. Sad truths. Um, so anyway, Batman fights a lot of ninjas in this movie. The, the League of Assassins, well, I guess the League of Shadows. What are, what are they called? Aren't, do they have a specific name? The League of Shadows. Oh, okay. Yeah. I he, if, like the actual foot soldiers had a name. Like the foot from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Right, yeah. No, they're, they're just nameless bad guys with samurai swords who are who have been training for longer than Batman, but for some reason Batman's tougher. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he was smarter. He did the cuts on their sleeves or something like that. That's right, and they didn't flinch because they were doing their job right. Yeah. Um. So there's not a whole lot more here that I particularly. Oh yeah, there's a couple things. So like, let's talk about the the main problem of the movie is that the the thing that vaporizes water disappears, and it's so strong that if they put it in a certain place, it'll vaporize all the water in Gotham. Yes. <laughs> so the problem with the science of that is that people are made of water. Oh, wow. You just blew my mind. So, like, if they turned that thing on near people, they would explode. (laughs) (laughs) You're so right. So, like, as soon as they explain, like, this is what this thing does, I'm like, that doesn't make any sense at all. (laughs) Because they're turning it on and standing next to it and, like, gas is shooting up out of the sewers and shit which is also weird because they're not water lines they're sewers but like everyone standing here i never even thought about that you just blew my mind they would just be pink clouds of blood yeah a bunch of like yeah like at least they'd have chapped lips you know (laughs) (laughs) i don't know so i don't know that that occurred to me for the first time this most recent watch i've seen this movie ten thousand times it's like wait a minute that's not how science works. <laughs> uh, uh, what else do we got? Uh, is there anything that you want to talk about specifically? No, I think we we kind of hit all of the the main point. I don't know. Like, I was very impressed with the movie. Like, you can kind of tell like when you're watching a Christopher Christopher Nolan movie, um, just the way that like the scenes are and the scenery that he includes in his in his shots. But there were definitely points where I was just like, wow, like we're spending too much time on this or or how did we get back to this point? Like mm-hmm. I think of like Roz and and you know, like the beginning starts with him and then they, you kinda go through the progression of the movie and then at the very end it's him fighting Roz. I don't know. 
It just, it seemed like it was kind of jumbled all together. I, I guess I think about how well like Dark Knight was put together and how well they did that. Um, mm-hmm. And even that had some of its own holes. Yeah, it definitely does. But, um, yeah, like, I did notice Liam Neeson's character sure liked to explain all of his plot an yeah. awful lot. He really liked to lay it all out for everybody. I guess that's just a mechanic that has to happen in movies. But yeah. still, it was like all Raz al Ghul did very little fighting and an awful lot of talking. Yeah, and you kind of expect Raz to do like a whole lot more than that. And he doesn't he doesn't die in the in the movie, right? Uh, yeah, he actually does. Batman goes, I don't have to kill you, but I don't have to save you. Oh, either. that's right. That's right. And it like crashes or whatever. Yeah. Nolan has, did that with both of the Al Ghuls that they just like died in crashes. Yeah, like, Talia oh, well. Al did that too. Yeah, she just died in a car crash at the end. And really lame, terrible acting of, oh, I'm dying. Oh, climactic. Yes. So <laughs> that part wasn't so great, but they're supposed to like be resurrected and pop up a whole bunch of times anyway. That's their the last power. Yeah, exactly. Lazarus Pit. Mm-hmm. Um, the, so this movie came out in 2005. And the, you know, it came out in 2004. Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> Gosh, dude, Tina. I didn't <laughs> eat your food. Uh, so <laughs> that movie, I, it's like when I think of who I was when I was watching Napoleon Dynamite versus who I was when I was balls deep into Batman, I feel like it was years and years apart, but it definitely like wasn't, which is really wow. Crazy. So the reason I bring up Napoleon Dynamite is the extras on this Blu-ray have what's called Tank Man Rises, which was a the opening for the 2005 MTV Movie Awards. <laughs> so that was hosted by Jimmy Fallon, and the whole thing is that Jimmy Fallon gets in the Batmobile and has Batman take him to the MTV Movie Awards. Yeah. And uh, they just take like the big chase scene with the cops and stuff and just like interject Jimmy Fallon in it. <laughs> and I think uh, I think Christian Bale's in it a little bit like real life Christian Bale. And he's like trying so hard not to laugh, which is was pretty great. <laughs> but most of it was pretty silly. And then when Batman takes his mask off, it turns out to be um, it turns out to be Napoleon Dynamite in Batman's outfit. So that was a pretty funny twist. So awesome. that was about the only like extra feature on this that I was like, haha, that's funny. I enjoyed that. But the rest <laughs> of it was pretty fucking lame. So, um, yeah, uh, the, the name of the show is the disc dump because I decide if I want to keep a disc or dump it. I think you and I are on the same page. What do you think? Should I keep it or dump it? I absolutely 150% think that you should keep it, especially if you're planning on hanging on to the other two exactly and like i'm a spoiler for the audience now other two they're also staying so (laughs) (laughs) i don't think that's much of a spoiler (laughs) i don't think anyone who a knows me or b knows these movies knows i should get rid of them (laughs) right so last thing i want to talk about is the very end of the movie he gets the joker card i kind of forgot about that yeah it was like they fucking set us up and I I remember not being like particularly like oh that's gonna be cool but fucking hindsight 2020 it was the oh yeah perfect setup for the next fucking movie oh and for the best movie of this trilogy series and absolutely for the phenomenal absolutely phenomenal job that Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger did with the Joker R.I.P. to him too 
yeah oh man i fucking loved heath ledger mm. but i didn't know i loved him until that came out and then yeah. i watched like all of his movies and i'm like this dude was fantastic great job fucking nolan figuring this out tale, the patriot man he killed it and the, those are you, the more well-known ones he died in the production of a movie and it completely changed the plot of the movie what so yeah, he's in the first half of this movie that is a little bit sci-fi fantasy, but not super duper. And oh. then when he died, they like made him into a shapeshifter character and he became like this old man. So that way they didn't, they could finish the movie without Heath Ledger. And that like, crazy. yeah, it was completely, totally crazy movie. I wish I could remember what it's called. Um, let me, I'm going to fucking Google it right now. It's funny. The, when you type in Heath Ledger on IMDb, the first thing you see is Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, it says his number one thing he's known for is Brookback Mountain. No, no. Yeah, that's wrong. That's not right. That's ridiculous. Uh, it's called The Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. Uh, okay. I feel like I remember hearing that name, that movie title before. I only saw it when it first came out. I don't exactly remember what happened, but I remember his character completely, completely changes. And it like complete, it totally influenced the whole movie that Christian, that he had fucking died, not Christian, Heath Ledger died. So anyway, crazy fun fact, fun fact indeed. So uh, I've been having everybody recommend something to the audience at the end of the episode. I can give you a minute to think about it if you'd like. Usually I go through my reads, but since this is a three part, super long fucking episode, I am not going to harass the audience by telling them how to get a hold of me over and over. Um, so, what are we recommending? Podcasts, games, movies? Whatever you want. Some people just say, be nice to someone. So you can all literally right. recommend anything. All right. Um, all right. So let's let's first focus on media television. I just – I am in probably towards the end of The Expanse. Um, Ooh, here, yeah. that's good. I love it. I love it. Imagine uh, Game of Thrones, but in space. That's what I hear. Yeah, it's really awesome. Um, the storyline has been fantastic, and just the plot twists and stuff are great. I highly recommend it to anybody that has Amazon Prime. Um, I'm trying to think, what else have I watched? Um, uh, I don't know. But another thing, just uh, trying to... Swing back to what Miles said. Be kind to everybody. You know, tell someone something nice today. It takes no energy to make someone's day and just compliment them and be nice to them. So I also recommend that. Awesome, Tanner. Thank you for doing this with me, man. Dude, I love it. I I love doing this with you. I'm glad to to be kind of like a regular on your podcast. And this, I was very excited to do this specific one compared, like the other three we did were great, but I'm a huge sucker for the Batmans and love them. So this was a, a very enjoyable one for me. And I love getting to hang out with you, man. Yeah, man. Like someday when COVID's over, we will see each other physically again in person. (laughs) All righty, audience. Until uh, 30 seconds or less from now. Bye bye. Predators. Their acts are evil. We call them monsters. We say no human could perpetrate the crimes they have committed. But in truth, only human beings execute these horrific acts 
And if you're like me, you want to know why. To find out, join me, Ariel Cooksey, on my podcast, Malice. As a social psychologist, I dig into the psychology, sociology, neurobiology, child development, trauma, and other factors that come together to create malicious offenders. Find Malice wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Distump Podcast. I'm your host, Miles Trout, and this is the show where we watch movies, play games, or listen to music in an effort to decide, are we going to keep the disc or are we going to dump it? Audience, you've been listening, so I probably didn't need to reintroduce the show, but now I am joined by the lead singer of The White Stripes, Jack White. How's it going, Jack? Oh, hey there, Miles. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Does he even have an accent? He's from the Midwest or something. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. But, but uh, your name is also Jack White. It is. It is. I'm not. I'm a Jack White, not the Jack White, unfortunately. But. <laughs> but I mean, for now, maybe someday you'll be the Jack White. We'll see. Exactly. And you know, podcasts are. You know, it's an audio medium. So for all the audience knows, I am the Jack White. Yeah, I'm gonna to play the guitar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely gonna advertise it as I got Jack White on the podcast, yo. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Milk it for all it's worth. <laughs> so for this episode, we watched The Dark Knight. Yes. Um, tell me a little about your history with this movie. You love it? You hate it? Um, I was a huge fan of this movie when it came out. Frankly, I don't know anyone who wasn't. This was sort of, I think, when superhero movies got their first stride into being like watchable in a lot of ways. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't remember... Uh, being like super caught up in the idea of like the Nolan trilogy at the time. Like, I don't think I saw Batman begins in theaters, but I remember going to see this, especially like post ledger. As soon as it was like, Oh, and, and this guy died and it's a really yeah. good movie. <laughs> yeah. It adds this weird uh, mythos to it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I guess yeah. there is, if you want to get into the conspiracy behind the whole dark Knight stuff, I don't know if we need to do that, but oh, the rabbit hole gets now deep. You brought it up. <laughs> now you brought I, it up. Let's do it. Oh, man. All right. We'll just touch on it lightly because it's got nothing to do with whether or not you keep the disc. Yeah. And <laughs> let me first of all say I'm not at all like advertising or advocating for Alex Jones or any of that <laughs> wild stuff. <laughs> okay. You got to tread lightly nowadays. True enough. Yeah. Um. So the small a quick rundown of the conspiracy theories. Obviously, there was the super tragic uh, shooting that actually happened uh, during that. Was that the premiere night of this? In I Aurora? thought it was the third one. OK. Like, oh, was it? OK. Yeah, that's OK. That may. All right, I hope I'm not insensitive for misremembering that. Uh, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, maybe a whole conspiracy is that. I just remember there being some like. Sandy Hook was on one of the maps in the background of the movie. Oh, yes, like, yeah, it's uh, maybe it's best if we just don't touch on it. Yeah, okay. I was thinking it would be more fun, like, oh, Heath Ledger killed himself, you know, oh, the yeah. lighthearted stuff. But no, yeah. now he's the <laughs> real Joker in real life. No, it's yeah. like many real conspiracy, well, not real, consp- like many conspiracy theories, just uh, a small hole with disappointment. 
Oh, jeez. Yeah, <laughs> this this movie's not, not this movie no. is not described that way <laughs> at all. No, it's a very deep movie. Yeah, full of excitement and great explosions. Stuff. Lots of explosions. Lots of explosions, man. This is like the peak of that kind of explosion. I feel like not a yeah like lots of explosions and action i feel like the opening scene of this movie is perhaps one of the greatest opening scenes of any movie ever made yes i would actually i was thinking that as i was watching it because that is it it does so much so right and not like specifically that bank heist yes scene oh man the um like i've got a little uh list of notes here like opens on the bank scene and that banker with a shotgun I fucking love that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like he's in everything, but I couldn't name a movie he's in other than this one. No, he's one of those like super famous background actors. I feel yeah. Like. <laughs> but um, sure. I don't know. It, it, it does a lot. I feel like to bring you up to speed on like where Gotham is at with Batman, you know, mm-hmm. like um, like before, like even while we're still in the bank, you know, just that banker standing up and deciding to shoot is a little more like, oh yeah, Gotham doesn't take this shit anymore. Granted, I think it is, it's the mob bank, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So I guess they're a little more, you know, prone to protect it. Oh, I was just going to say, and then even just the, um, that introduction of the Joker itself and how like it, I remember the first time I watched it, not knowing like which of them really was the Joker until obviously the very end and stuff. And just that, like, that introduction as he is, like, that different breed of criminal or whatever. Yeah, whatever doesn't kill you simply makes you stranger. <laughs> yeah. And he, like, uh, the, like, the score, I feel like, really brings you in, like, immediately tension. Like, there's no mm-hmm. there's no chill moment at the beginning. Like, it, it's every word of the dialogue is important. Like, oh, it's just yeah. so tight. It does so much to just make you, like, super uneasy. Mm-hmm. even like that opening shot of just like the it's just the guy like holding the clown mask on the corner even that like i don't know enough about directing to describe you know how it was shot and everything but a lot sometimes it feels like it's shot almost more like a horror movie than an action yeah i i see what you're saying yeah because it's the the intrigue and the suspense are more important than the like oh he did a backflip and he shot a gun yeah or even the like you know the idea of like how much money they're stealing or stuff like it really is just a bank heist for the sake of a bank heist right and i always like movies like that just hit the ground running god i love this fucking movie so much <laughs> I, I remember i saw it in the theater three times i took two different girls on dates to see it <laughs> and um the last time i saw it was like i already owned it on dvd and it was like the last day it was ever gonna be an imax and i was like oh well i definitely have to go oh yeah at least <laughs> so yeah i mean this movie is like there are very few bad things i have to say about it overall like there's how do you feel yeah. about christian bale as batman i think he's a great bruce wayne Really, I feel the opposite. I feel like he's a great Batman, but not a great Bruce Wayne. Really? That's funny. Christian Bale's Bruce Wayne is, like, super bathed in his character, whose name completely slips me from, um, is it Amer- American Psycho? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which was, like, a huge, obviously, for Christian Bale as an actor and stuff, and I think it was easy for him to translate that, but there's, like, it 
it's the same kind of cynicism between that character and what I see in Bruce Wayne, but obviously not to the part of a full-blown psychopath, but mm-hmm. I also think that's part of what this movie um, explores is how, you know, Batman is a couple steps away from becoming a psychopath in a lot of ways. Yeah, that seems to be kind of like the theme of the movie is like if you take a step in the crazy direction, the rebuttal is going to be a couple steps in the crazy direction. Yeah. But um, back to what you were saying about Christian Bale as a Batman, it's um, – well, and what you were saying too, I feel like this movie at its time was like perfect, 10 out of 10. I yeah. don't think it's aged in the best light. But that's only because of how great this movie was when it came out and all the imposters and jokes and everything that's been made of it because it's been part of pulp, pop culture since. Oh, yeah. Like, do you ever see the college humor, like, bad Batman videos? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love those. <laughs> I'm in Facebook jail right now, or I'd have been posting them all week. But, yeah. <laughs> Facebook jail's not a bad place to be. Yeah, it feels like Facebook probation. They're, like, wagging their finger at me. I'm like, sorry, Zuckerberg. (laughs) (laughs) But I I feel like he – Christian Bale's Batman is pretty great because he's a great physical actor. But, Mm -hmm. like, I've seen – what is it? Howl's Moving Castle and stuff like that where Christian Bale does voiceover work. And I just feel like his voice isn't – his main tool yeah and I, I think his voice talking about things that got made fun of more than anything in these yeah. movies i think the christian bale batman voice has aged maybe the worst i'm the weird hockey pants. <laughs> and it's, it kind of changes for each of these movies i feel like mm-hmm. yeah like, he like it speaks on the in in like the first one batman begins he's like <gasps> I need, I need this to be like I can't even Jesus do it. Christ, Bruce Wayne, drink some water. Yes. Are you thirsty, Bruce? I guess I would yeah. be too if I was parkouring everywhere. But, <laughs> but in the second one, he's very growly, like oh, I don't want to do that anymore. What'd oh you my say? god, yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> and uh, the third one, he's not so bad because everyone already knows he's Bruce Wayne, so he's just like, I don't think so. I'm bad. Yeah. I'm just going to talk a little bit under my breath. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, uh, so Christian Christian Bale and Heath Ledger are obviously both fucking legends for this movie. Yeah, I think they – and they absolutely set, like, the high watermark. I think what we finally saw with, like – what, did Joker come out in 2019 or 2018? Uh, one of those two, I don't know. Yeah, one I don't really know either, but uh, God, it all blurs together. But mm-hmm. I feel like that's the – I mean, I think that's the only. Well, oh, there's Jared Leto. God damn. Uh, <laughs> How do you feel? I about always Jared forget. Leto? As you can tell, I try and just suppress that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he like. There's definitely a place for that kind of mafioso Joker, but yes. I just don't think he quite landed it. No, and th- when uh, I listened to the one episode you did on the Suicide Squad. Coming back to me now, obviously, and you guys touched on how it felt like they were just throwing uh, face tattoos on people left and right. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) they're like Post Malone's popular. Let's put some tattoos on him. Let's see. Yeah, exactly. He's damaged. (sighs) God, there's a there's some car down the street for me that's got that. It's like Harley Quinn and the Joker, like on his entire back windshield. It's uh, it's you know I feel like I've seen that person driving around. Yeah, it's just, he gets around. <laughs> Everyone who's driving near him is cringing at all times. Exactly. 
You know what's wild, though, is that's my second most popular episode I've ever dropped is the Suicide Squad episode. I'm like, really? That's the one, huh? Yeah, and man, that's maybe a bad sign for how this one's going to go because I think people love to talk shit on things they hate. And Suicide Squad, there is a lot to talk shit on. Yeah, it's cream of the crop as far as shitty movies. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, yeah, The Dark Knight, I am surprised how many people, like, A, wanted to do this podcast with me. But on the other end of it, a lot of people are like, I got some shit to say about the Nolan movies. Oh, and man. <laughs> the, the, especially the next one, uh, at the end of this podcast, I already recorded the last part of it. It's, yeah. Uh, there's there's some brutality against Nolan at the end of this episode. <laughs> I'm excited to hear that. I don't know enough about his whole feel to maybe dig into him like that. He's uh, basically anyone who's like me and probably you too is like, oh, we fucking worship this guy. And the people who aren't like us are like, really? Why? So that's <laughs> kind of where it's at. <laughs> that's fair. It's, there's also something you said, like the Batman franchise has been put in much worse hands. That's so, for sure. I think I'm just sort of take because I was raised on the um, George Clooney Batman movie. So when I saw yeah. this, it was like, oh, man, they got Nickelback in the trailer. Like... <laughs> the uh, the Clooney Batman, uh, Batman and Robin was the first movie I ever saw in a movie theater. That Wow. I'm surprised you didn't get traumatized and just turned off from them entirely. Oh, no, man. That was like as good as TV or as good as movies got back then. <laughs> it was the 90s. Yeah. Like, oh, man. And my I went there with my neighbor and my sister and both of my sisters and his sister went in to see Pocahontas at the same time. <laughs> So, God, that tells you how old those fucking movies are. I was going to, God, yeah, I never thought they would be in the same building at the same time. Yeah, Good and Lord. I, I feel like Jurassic Park was there at the same time, too, but I could be wrong. I but, feel like movies just stuck around longer back then. Anyway, back to the movie that, at hand. <laughs> yes, so, um, yeah, so let's talk some supporting characters in the last part. And in the next part, I talk about, like, how badass Gary Oldman is and shit. Oh but God, I yeah. feel like this movie is as much about Gary Oldman as it is about Batman. Yeah, I have, yeah, in my small list of notes here, like, I, as far as, like, the Jim Gordons we've seen portrayed in media, this is kind of it, like, bar none, the best. For sure. Oh, for sure. The only other one that I feel like even closely contends at all is in a cartoon, and it's when Brian Cranston pl played him. So I was mean, that in the Harley animated series? Uh, I think it was Batman Year One. Okay, I'll have to see that because the uh, I don't know if you've seen that um, the new DC uh, Harley Quinn show, but that's fucking hilarious. Is it? I heard the good things. I've only heard good things. It's yeah. It is written by you know. Old, like older people who have been in this industry for a while and are like just you can tell they're kind of like fed up with it but yeah. in a great way i don't know it's um have you ever heard the argument that the lego batman is the best depiction of like batman and stuff i have heard that i could not get into it i tried so hard really oh man i fuck i love it it satirizes everything but that's sort of what this harley quinn series is like it doesn't take it very seriously but it's so good for it yeah yeah i mean i want to watch it i have hbo and it's like quickly become my favorite 
streaming service and uh this is my obligatory like oh hey every episode i have to talk about how great fucking hbo is but Uh i really do fucking (laughs) love it every episode i talk about it um yeah so that's on my list and i started watching titans also that one i'm having a hard time with though yeah i i wanted to like that because i really liked the uh team titan series that was on cartoon network back in the day growing Mm -hmm. up i thought that was just sweet but that's another one that like haven't really got like I can't get into the comics of Teen Titans and the Teen Titans Go is uh, I'm not touching that. Yeah, that's sort of like the only light on that for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I was never huge on Teen Titans and like any of the shows that are on uh, WB or the CW or whatever it's called these days. Uh, I just, yeah. I can't get into that. Like everything is perfectly lit and the acting is not good and the acting right. is not good. Like, uh, it's just not my thing. It's all so obviously on the CW. Like right. all their shows have that same like lighting, writing and fucking everything. It's... Exactly. I feel like Titans is in that same thing, except they say the word fuck a bunch. Oh yeah. Fuck Batman. Fuck Batman. Fuck Batman. <laughs> <laughs> But um, Robin in this – was Robin in this one? No, Robin's in the no, next one. Yeah, he's in the next one. You don't even find out he's Robin until like the end. Yeah it's, yeah, it's like the last thing you see is him being Robin. But yeah. I feel like this movie would have done well with another protagonist other than just Batman. But Yeah, there's something to be said for that considering there's two antagonists in some ways. Do you consider Two-Face to be one of the antagonists of this movie because he – really only is like a side effect of the joker's actions he's like literally 50 50 half of him is a good guy and half of him is a bad guy damn damn nolan i see what you did there (laughs) yeah for real yeah harvey dent yeah and what pissed me off is my mom figured out he was two-faced before i did it was bullshit she's like oh i know who harvey dent is i was like you do but yeah <laughs> I uh, I recently rewatched the Batman movie with Catwoman in it from like the 80s. I, uh, Batman Returns, I think. And yeah. Harvey Dent is in it and he's not Two-Face. He's just like a random black guy and I was like, why would this character be in the Dark Knight movie? Yeah. And, why is this uh, random guy? <laughs> yeah. Um what is that guy's name? I can't remember the actor's name who played him, but how did you feel about oh, his performance? Man. I thought he was great. Um I again, that He's one of those actors I've seen in so much stuff, and the name – I'm also just absolutely shite with names. Um, but he played a similar role in – it was like, like, thank you for smoking. Just yeah. this, like – yeah, like this charismatic politician kind of on the opposite side of the spectrum there. But it really – he carries that politician role great. And I think, like, the only drops in his performance were kind of – after he got the scars and stuff, and I, it seemed like he was trying to, like, force the anger. Like, some of the reasons behind Two-Face killing people was just, like, corny. Yeah, he, like, he, he just became an over-actor when half his face got burned off. Yeah. Aaron uh, Eckhart is his name. Aaron Eckhart. Yeah, he, like, when he's like, what do they call me? Say it! Like, it's like, mm-hmm. okay. Could you just do yeah like... that specifically? Yeah, that's and they did um... set it up earlier in the movie, which like I kind of appreciated later on, but it it was still like, Ugh, I'm a bad boy now. <laughs> I'm a bad, bad boy. <laughs> yeah, this boy didn't punish me. <laughs> I will say the one really cool scene he did have was uh 
he's in the fucking car with that one mobster and like the mobster wins his coin toss or whatever and he flips it again he's like oh that guy's not so lucky he's like who yeah. your driver he like buckles up and they just fucking the car like does you know flip in a half and explodes or whatever and then you see him <laughs> fine in the next scene yeah he's oh, i i really like two-face as a character and Same. i i specifically learned to appreciate him really recently uh the last episode i did was on a the graphic novel arkham asylum a serious house on serious earth have you read that one no i haven't yeah that's what the arkham asylum games are based off of and okay. it's fucking terrible don't bother reading it awful <laughs> <laughs> thanks for the heads up. i've been actually really getting into uh like comics as a medium over the past year or two and i've been looking for a good two-faced story and like he really only shows up as a supporting villain, it seems like, a lot of times. That's definitely the case. He's like, not to spoil it for you, but at the end <laughs> of that comic, like, Batman goes into Arkham Asylum and they're, like, putting his, his like, psychology to the test the whole time he's in there. Yeah. And what they did was they broke Two-Face's obsession with duality, the, like, yes or no, black and white and made him like he basically became catatonic because he was overwhelmed by decisions and oh, Batman Jesus. has to like convince him to go back to duality to decide whether he lives or dies or something and like I don't know just the whole psychology of Two-Face really gets explored in that one and that's the only that's good cool. thing that is the only good thing I have to say about that <laughs> <comic. laughs> and that's that's not a bad redeeming factor cuz like I think Two-Face is in leagues with like the Joker where like he is this distorted reflection of Batman in a lot of ways but you yeah, know for just sure. You know I didn't even think about that until right now. You're right cuz he's got like the two sides the the daytime and the nighttime and Yeah, he, and he does have that conviction to like make the city a better place. Or he did. Yeah. In this movie, at least, there have been portrayals of him that seem to care somewhat. I don't know. I, I, I mean, there's a lot of like video games and stuff where he's just straight up a bad guy. Yeah, just a mobster. No good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, what was I? Wa- I uh, right after I watched The Dark Knight, I went and watched the original animated Batman episode uh, that introduces Two Face, and that portrayal of Harvey Dent is hilarious. Oh man, I haven't gotten into it. What's it like? It's he is like this big, robust, loud Italian guy like and, you know, every all the main men characters in that show have these like like obnoxiously thick chests and shit. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But he's got like this split personality that keeps coming out this like. uh, Oh, my God, it's coming back to me or something. Yeah. And like some mobster gets a hold of his like therapy files and he's gonna let it out that harvey dent's going to therapy for like unresolved <laughs> issues and so like it's it has like aged well in the mental yeah oh my god <laughs> that's awesome uh, yeah every time i'm like oh man i haven't watched the animated series in years and then someone starts describing an episode i'm like oh my god i remember that <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, so uh, ba- ba- Batman is good. I like Batman. Yeah, um, he's a cool one. Uh, what about um? Oh wait, holy shit! Scarecrow is in this movie. That, yeah, that caught okay. me totally off guard. He's part of that, or not part of the bank heist? I guess whatever the uh, is that Fallout from the bank heist? What's going on in that scene? No, it's so, not. I wanted to talk to you about it because it's probably the biggest problem I have with this movie. Is the first time you see Batman, none of the circumstances on 
any like there's three sides in that situation and not a one is described in any way yeah like i can remember the action i remember the trucks and the dogs because the dogs is a reoccurring thing in this movie too Mm -hmm. there's like it sets up a lot but i don't know why the fuck any of that happened yeah i mean like the scarecrow is buying more of the fear compound or whatever but why he then decided to hire a bunch of people to dress like batman i don't know like when did he switch sides Wait, okay, hold on. I think I'm I think it's clicking for me now. So maybe delete whatever I said before so I sound a little smarter about this. But, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, um so I maybe there wasn't much setup cuz what it's the scarecrow's just like buying something out of a van in a parking garage. Right. And then it, it's fake Batman that show up. Like I was saying before, like this is the scene that I meant that like introduces how Gotham has changed because there's random citizens just dressing up as Batman and doing their best in hockey gear and shotguns. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, and those guys get fucked up by the dogs too. And it's like, I don't, there's something about that scene that is, I really don't know how to describe it in words, but it, like you were saying before, it sets up the movie in such a perfect light. It is, I guess it is like the Batman equivalent of the Joker's uh, bank robbery. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I guess I see what you're saying there. But at the same time, I don't know what the fuck is happening that whole scene. Nope, <laughs> like, no. <laughs> he jumps on a van and he starts to just cut the side of the van yeah. for no reason. And then he yeah. gets hit, he gets knocked off and he jumps on top of the van like... Should have gone with that the first time, Batman. Right? You'd think he'd be used to it by now, too. Because that's what I thought this scene was also trying to display, is how, like, Batman's up to speed now. He knows what he's doing. He knows exactly how long to wait for the car to be at the top of the parking garage, so he drops onto it. There's... God, yeah, now that we're bringing it up... Because, like I mentioned before, Two-Face survives a couple explosions that, like, he has no business surviving. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, when the hospital gets blown up, like, you oh, don't man. see Harvey Dent leave that. You see the Joker walk out of his room right after their conversation. Yeah, and you just have to assume, like, oh, I guess he scooped him up and threw him on the bus? Like, I don't yeah. know. That scene is fucking awesome, though, when he's walking out and he's, like, trying to hit the detonator and the bombs start going off and shit. Yeah. Um, is it one of the deleted scenes where he, like, comes out of the room and he starts, like, getting hand sanitizer and shit? no i thought i saw that in there that's just in there okay yeah yeah though i guess i I watched the extended version which is like almost three hours long for this oh good lord okay that and that answers you know and you don't have to put this in the podcast i'm not trying to put you on blast here or anything but like did you actually watch the dvd or the version that's on hbo max i have the blu-ray in my hand right now oh yeah oh yeah there's not a whole (laughs) lot going on in the special features though like I heard I watched a thing where the director was talking about how like he sat on a private plane with Hans Zimmer and Hans Zimmer was just playing different sounds that were like this could be playing in the background when the Joker comes on. And Nolan was like, it was wholly an extremely unpleasant experience to hear all the diabolical sounds Hans Zimmer came up with for him. So like that was pretty much it. It's like 
exactly what you would expect like knives <laughs> against stringed instruments and shit like yeah that's my shit <laughs> nails on a chalkboard Ugh. anyway <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so he was just basically like it was an honor to work with heath ledger it was pretty great and the music part was really sucky and i can do commentary for the whole movie if you'd like and i'm like no thanks appreciate it <laughs> yeah <laughs> but other than that there's really not a whole lot more this is two discs one disc is special features for no reason there's not much on there what the hell they're just packing space yeah trying to charge you 30 dollars with a reason but it's, it's <laughs> <not>. <laughs> um so what's your favorite scene in this movie mm. oh i gotta think about that one for a second because i oh, this movie is broken down in like i i want to i feel like it's like got a perfect three or five act structure and each of them like are so great in their own right but yeah it's definitely the five act structure because i just kept thinking when i was in the theater like this movie has got to be like over soon they're on the ship it's getting crazy this is such an right and then there's an hour and a half after it like oh my god feel like yeah like half of this the middle half of this movie is all just rising action mm-hmm. um, like overwhelmingly so like you're sitting there with goosebumps like what's gonna happen next and then mm-hmm. it just keeps on going and going like like the end of lord of the rings you're like wait this still isn't over <laughs> <laughs> they're still celebrating um <laughs> I'm going to go with – and this is this is a scene that I completely forgot was even in the movie until it started, and it all, like, flooded back to me. But the whole sequence in Hong Kong is fucking sick. Dude, this scene's awesome. <laughs> like – and you never get to see Batman operate on, like, an international level like that. Like, he's always in Gotham. And um, it was – oh, man. Batman has no jurisdiction. Exactly. And that's all that scene is flexing. Like, it just as easily all could have happened, like, in Gotham. Like, oh, he just went to, like, the Chinese embassy or whatever. But, like... Or they could have even put it in, like, Metropolis or something. Like, another oh, fictitious yeah. place. But I'm glad they didn't. Like, that shit is fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, the whole... Uh, like, they bring up that old, like, CIA skyhook thing. It, he drags Morgan Freeman along with him, like, hell yeah! Yeah! Yeah, they <laughs> even get to, and that's that's one of the things I love about it, too, because it gets to play into the, um, like, I love when Batman is also Bruce Wayne, and even though Morgan Freeman does it, like, it still plays into that, like, the corporatist side. Like, there is a sense of corporate espionage going on here, because it is the Wayne Industries infiltrating vague mean bad people china building yeah (laughs) (laughs) speaking of which did you have any sort of problems with how the chinese are depicted in this movie um i mean i've seen worse you know what that's that's a fair point (laughs) i just watched peter jackson's king kong that does not look good for chinese people But this one wasn't so, so bad. They weren't walking around with, like, bucket hats or anything, but... Yeah, yeah, I guess they're just stereotypical gangsters, and that's... As an Italian person, I should be glad that that's all they have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, uh... I, I fucking love that scene. Morgan, like, they bring in the cell phone thing. That was pretty cool. Yeah. But, like, when he's, like, shooting out the windows and, like, trying to thread the needle of landing in the window and stuff... Oh, man, oh yeah. Yeah. So- 
it's and it yeah it's shot like a bond actually there's a scene in um skyfall i think that reminds me a lot of this one and I, i don't i don't know which of these two came out first or if they were even in the same year but they God, they feel super similar. <laughs> yeah, they're just epic globetrotters. Yeah. Um, one thing I did look up, and this is like, you know, a fun little fact that I wanted to bring to your show, was um, so this movie came out in 2008, and that's when I think Grant Morrison was currently writing Batman. Mm-hmm. And I might be wrong on this, but I think um, Grant Morrison did a run on Batman called Batman International, which literally deals with him going and setting up like Batman agencies around the world. And, uh, or it's Batman incorporated. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it deals more with like Damian Wayne and a lot of other stuff, but this Hong Kong scene sort of felt like a nice little homage to what was going on in the comics at the time. Maybe. I mean, that might just be a shot in the dark and the years might not even line up, but it felt, it felt no, right. You're, you're you're in the right zone because like you can definitely tell that uh, Nolan reads Batman comics. Because yeah. uh, what's the one the the one with all the holidays in it? Did you read that one? Um, uh, the Long Halloween. Oh yeah, the Long Halloween. Yeah, that's the only like like what I was saying before about uh, Two Face stories. That's the one that gets recommended across the board. It's one of the best comic books ever because every like every panel is like an oil painting. So that yeah. must have taken years to make. Oh my but god, yeah. That's probably the closest to the plot of The Dark Knight also as far as just sticking to the comics. Like I'd say that's the one that this is all based on is The Long mm-hmm. Halloween. I'd agree with you there. I think you mentioned this on your uh, Suicide Squad episode, but you mentioned that uh, Scott Snyder is one of your favorite writers. And that's what made me look up who was writing during this, because I was really hoping it overlapped with Scott Snyder's Batman run. Because mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of that that I think did take inspiration from the Nolan run. Yeah. Like, particularly when you get into, like, Zero Year and, you know. Yeah. Yeah, Court of Owl stuff is so sick. Yeah. I'm, uh, I've been, like, slowly doling out Court of Owl stuff for myself. Like, I bought them all at once. And every yeah. time I look online, I'm like, which one should I start with? Every website <laughs> says a different one. So I read oh, I, I read Night of the Owls first, and man, that was fucking good. Oh man, I don't know if I've actually read that one. That was just like essentially Arkham City, but owls. Yeah, and it's so, such a. Uh, I'm excited so for the next Batman movie. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, once again, uh, talked about it in the first half and the third half, but let's do it again. All uh, right. <laughs> are you excited for Robert Pattinson or what? I I was not at first, but the more I'm learning about it, I really am. Yeah, I really am. I think they're just taking a lot of the good notes, like a lot of the good reception from the Joker and really just running with that. So did you read Batman Hush? No, that's one I've been meaning to catch up on. That's my favorite comic book ever. Oh, Oh, my God. It's so good. And, uh. The more I, like, look at it and think about it, I feel like Paul Dano is not playing the Riddler like everyone's saying. I feel like he's playing Hush. So I'm pretty excited for that. That would be fucking sweet. Because yeah. Hush, you talk about characters who are, you know, a broken mirror reflection of Bruce Wayne. Holy shit. Yeah, he's fucking awesome. Have you ever played any of the Arkham games? No, You know, I'm a pretty shitty Batman fan. I haven't. <laughs> 
there's no such thing as a shitty Batman fan. They're just fans <laughs> and not fans. So uh, those games are excellent. You should definitely play them. I will. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, there's uh, – I already talked about it in the last episode, but I'll just put it in here and chop it out. But the uh, <laughs> there's a scene in Dark Knight Rises where Catwoman and Batman are fighting a bunch of thugs on a roof. Uh-huh. And Nolan made a point to make it look exactly like the video game when you're on a rooftop fighting people. And it's just That's so excellent. Sweet. Yeah, That's Nolan. so sweet. Nolan produced at least the second Batman game and I think the third one also. So they're oh, so good. So good. Oh, Nolan, I didn't know that. Yeah, Nolan quality story in a video game. That's super fun. So it's, it's just like perfect game is the second one is the perfect fucking game so um uh, but back to the movie at hand back to the movie at hand Keep yeah. focused. <laughs> oh man i'm i you can already tell but I, i'm a wandering talker man i find my way in and out of what we should be talking about hey i mean i i'm loosey-goosey it doesn't have to stay in the pocket like it's all <laughs> but um what what else do you want to talk about um, okay, I, I have a, a meant to ask you here. So Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Yeah. yeah, I think Christian Bale is maybe the best Bruce Wayne personally. Who do you think is? Ben Affleck. Really? I know, I know. I feel like – so the reason I don't hate on Ben Affleck is because he's not the reason any of those movies are bad. No, like, not at all. So, so <laughs> like, I think he's got the good chin to be bad. He's a good action star, but also like when he's Bruce Wayne, he's suave. Like he plays it off as I'm suave. Like mm-hmm. I feel like Christian Bale is like, a, I don't want to be here. Like you get that vibe off him the whole time, which yeah. in a way is cool. But I feel like Bruce Wayne has to be like, be believable as a playboy millionaire philanthropist guy. And yeah. I feel like, uh, I feel like Affleck had that. That's fair. That's fair. That's yeah. Now what about Batman? Like Chris, uh, I guess how I, I think. Mm, damn it, I am so bad with actors' names. Val Kilmer. <laughs> the one before that, in the Tim uh, Burton Batman. Oh, Michael Keaton. Yeah, I thought Michael Keaton played a great like Batman. He was definitely, especially for the '80s, and if you look at what Batman was in the '80s, he fucking yeah. nailed it absolutely what's really crazy is people looked at those at the time the way that we look at the nolan ones like oh man he brought it to real life it's so dark yeah talk about (laughs) an interesting depiction of the joker too yeah i mean uh jack nicholson is fantastic i love it i love it when he's like painting the like busts in the museum and shit, oh, I fucking love that shit. <laughs> it's it is the best. It's it's more of like a live action take of the Batman animated series. That version of Gotham that like perpetually exists in the 1920s and like they've got blimps lighting the city for some reason because that's the way they do things. <laughs> like. Yeah. Okay. If you exclude Heath Ledger. I'm really trying to lead you into the answer I want. Let's talk about Mark Hamill, Joker. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's the laugh. More than fucking anything for me, it's the laugh. Yeah, and he fucking nailed it. Oh, yeah. He laughs all the way to the bank. That and um, he's got a great way that he does like a pitch shift in his voice. Like Mm -hmm. when you hear the Joker go from like 
you know, oh, things are all good. And now you've got my attention and not for the right reason. Yeah, like. he goes from silly and whimsical to angry, like so quick and so perfect and so serious. Like, mm-hmm. oh, Mark Hamill is it's crazy that he started off in Star Wars and everyone thought he was a heartthrob. And now he has a face for radio, if anybody does. Yeah, and, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah he just uh, he's he so good the, voice actor. Does he do the Joker in those Arkham games, too? Uh, all but one of them. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. And they got Kevin Conroy playing Batman in all but one of them. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's good yeah. It's good shit. You got to get in there, man. They just remade them for the new systems, so you can get them all in like one bundle. All right. Damn it. I'm sold. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to buy them again myself. But um is okay. there anything else you want to talk about related to the Dark Knight specifically? Um specifically um there was one thing I noticed where they did you, it was a small detail in the movie, but they were like tracking the cash that the mobsters were using. And there's a it's um there's that scene where the police are going to raid the bank where all the mobsters have their money, and it's when they find out that the Joker just took all of it and he leaves like two stacks of bills for uh Gordon to find or whatever. Yeah, he leaves all the like tracked bills. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, because it's the tracked money, and they know it's the tracked money because they wave a Geiger counter over it, and you hear it tick. And maybe I'm wrong here, but I had this moment of like, wait, they're tracking the criminals with radioactive money? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> that. I mean, I'm not sure how else you would do it. Like, Not that I think it's a great idea to put cancer. It's innovative. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, anyone who puts that money in their pocket has testicle cancer now, but <laughs> exact God forbid you're <laughs> snorting cocaine with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's like the only time you ever in the whole series see Batman in the daytime. Yeah. I think, well, there's a lot of daytime shots in uh, dark Knight rises. Yeah. But he's not like dressed as Batman. Is he? I don't know. Maybe that's he is. true. Uh, yeah. Didn't rewatch that one. Um, did Batman kill anyone in this movie besides Harvey Dent? He does tackle him off of like a three-story building. Um, um, I don't think did, he intentionally kills anybody, but I don't think it, yeah, it's not like you know Batman versus Superman where you can do a body count. But the whole time yeah. I'm watching the movie, I'm like, all right, where is where's the guy that Batman didn't catch when he's falling or whatever? Um, he does kill three dogs for sure. For sure. Yeah, he has no yeah. qualms about murdering. Not that he just yeets them right into that hole. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a video online. I don't remember who made it. It was one of the big websites. They <laughs> uh, they played every moment where Batman killed somebody from 1989 on. And <laughs> it was like 150 people. <laughs> yeah, it's murder. a it's a body count. For sure. There's a scene in the Michael Keaton Batman where he throws two dudes down a well and he drops a bat grenade on them in the well. Oh, yeah. Like the fall wasn't (laughs) enough. Like there's no reason to kill if they survive. Good. But there's no reason to murder him. And he smiles and turns around like (laughs) that murderous smile of Batman. (laughs) But like the real body count comes when he gets the Batmobile out and he's blowing up fucking criminal cars and shit. But in regards to that, though, I think the Nolan trilogy might do the best as far as Batman's body count. I don't think you're wrong. Like it's because he kills 
Bane and Batman Forever. I don't know. Or yeah. Batman, whichever one it is. But I don't know if he kills anybody else in that one. But other than that, like, I think Christian Bale Batman is the one who kills the least people. Yeah. That's fair. And I don't, it's always kind of implied that, like, the villains die at the end somehow. In, like, every super movie, superhero movie. Mm. Except Arnold Schwarzenegger. He he sticks it out. I don't actually remember. I don't remember that one. Like, yeah. Where he plays Mr. Freeze. God damn it. I that was actually pretty good. I don't know why I love that. There's so many great depictions of Mr. Freeze out there, but for some reason that one is He's timeless. Fantastic. Oh my God. So I'm looking at special features. Apparently I missed. There are six episodes of Gotham Tonight, Gotham's premier news program. Totally missed Whoa. that somehow. Whoa, is that like the in-movie... TV broadcasts. Yeah, so it seems. Huh. Huh. That's kind of nifty. Yeah, I might have to check that out, actually. It seems unsettling in a lot of ways. Like, uh, I'm just picturing... Reporting on terrorism and shit. Yeah. Yeah, like, what do you think the Gotham News is really like? (laughs) I wonder (laughs) if they have, like, fluff pieces and stuff. Like, this squirrel learned how to ride on a uh, water (laughs) skis and shit. Like... Yeah, they just keep replaying the same squirrel water ski footage every day at 7 o'clock. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Um, so I guess that kind of brings us to the question of the hour. I, I have a feeling I've already given away the answer that I'm not oh, going to yeah. dump. But what do you think? Do you think this is something that if I was going to get rid of the trilogy, it would be worth getting rid of? I Man, I don't know why you would. It's The trilogy actually stands as a great, like batman tale like i look at it like i would like like a graphic novel about it or something it's it's done so much to actually drive the character forward and not just like adapt things in the past yeah it it really it changed the fucking game and like the what is it dark knight rises that one came out right after the avengers and joss whedon was all sour about it he's like well, I mean, the Avengers is a big deal and all, but people would have thought it redefined the genre if it came out before the Dark Knight did. <laughs> but it's like, I really feel like the Dark Knight put the superhero genre in the forefront of pop culture, and it it's did. been there since 2008. Like, it has not stopped. No, and I'm going to be honest, I don't get – this has left a void that hasn't been filled by, like, any other superhero movie since, you know, maybe the Joker, just because it's like this – dark i don't want to use the term gritty but it's like it's a pretty damn near realistic take on how any of this ridiculous stuff might go down yeah especially like the the scenes where it's like all these moral dilemmas and shit that he sets up like are the criminals gonna kill the citizens or are the citizens gonna kill the criminals yeah i guess we didn't even touch on the boat scene that's kind of the biggest one (laughs) yeah i mean it's what is there really to say about it other than this movie's fucking awesome? Yeah. It, uh, yeah, it I think it's an actual moral dilemma, not just like, oh, save the girl or something save else. Save the girl or save your aunt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think my favorite scene might be the interrogation scene where they're like in the, the jail and oh my he's God. like, never start with the head. <laughs> right? Oh, I love the transition to it too. Like when, um, Okay, the lighting in that scene is what does it for me. 
because when Jim Gordon is in there talking to him, the Joker has is like no backlit. He just like emerges from the darkness as this figure or whatever. And Jim Gordon's got like one flickering light in the background or whatever. Like he's trying to hold on to that. And then and like Joker, you know, they're having their banter or whatever. And Jim Gordon leaves. And then like. Batman's been there the whole time. Yeah, he's been there the whole time, and it's brighter than it's ever been now. Like, (laughs) and just like, so fucking good. There's, there's literally no scene in this movie where I'm like, that didn't need to be in there. Like, I'm happy for every minute of this fucking movie. It's yeah, it, it kept. I've a, I've got rampant ADHD, and this is one of the ones that can just like keep me focused the whole time. Me too, man. (laughs) <laughs> so we have established that we are not getting rid of this disc and probably not getting rid of any of the discs. No. Um, so usually how I end the episode is I go through my reads of how they can get a hold of me. Um, but you have an internet presence. What? I do. You make some very silly videos that I enjoy <laughs> very much. Oh, thank um, you so much. Yeah, I, it makes me laugh. I've been putting them on like all the Facebook groups and stuff that are related to this podcast because I knew you'd end up on here at some point. <laughs> so uh, how would you explain who you are on the internet to the audience? Um, I am struggling for attention on the internet like so many of us you can find (laughs) me uh on facebook i've got a page wall supplies last is what i've uh recently branded myself as uh also on youtube under the same name and it's i think wall supplies last dot yt on instagram and there you can find uh various different cuts of me effectively dancing around in my underwear in front of a green screen and making an ass of myself <laughs> well i enjoy them thoroughly because it's free money i love your it's, it's free money video. <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm particularly proud of that one that's a good one man um okay so the way i usually end it is i talk about like how they can get a hold of me and then I will have the guest recommend something. It, it doesn't have to be media related. It usually is. But you could even just be like, uh, give your neighbor a hug today or whatever. So uh, if you need a minute to think about what you'd like to recommend, I can give it to you. But No, uh, I, think I'm, I think I'm ready. All right. Um, what do you recommend? I, th- I think all the listeners should find some time in their lives to go out into the woods and do some primal screaming. <laughs> okay primal screaming that's a good one yeah uh, i hear we're getting a rage room in york soon are you gonna go holy shit i need to apply there immediately yeah, oh, yeah. Go. that sounds awesome <laughs> fuck yeah we just got urban axe throwing and i think it's gonna be like right there with it i'm not i do a lot of knife and axe throwing in the woods and it's pretty therapeutic i believe it man <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you for doing this episode with me. Yeah, man. Thanks so much for having me on, Miles. This was a blast. Yeah, well, I'll have you come on again soon. I'm going to send you the updated list. Yeah, please do. Alrighty, audience. Uh, after a word from our sponsors, we will get into The Dark Knight Rises.
Today's episode is brought to you by Kind Bar. Kind is deeply committed to crafting food with real, recognizable ingredients, a disruptive notion that sparked the creation of a new healthy snacking category. Kind is unapologetic in their efforts to challenge the status quo, to shift the food industry and empower their community and our listeners to make better informed choices about health. Kindness can be a transformative source for good, and that is why we are teaming up with Kind and Podgo to bring listeners 10 or 15% off for military, teachers, students, first responders, doctors, and nurses. Go to podgo.co slash kind, that's podgo.co slash kind, kind bar, creating a kinder and healthier world, one act, one snack at a time. I'm Agent Scott. And I'm Cam, the provocateur. And we are the Spy Hards Podcast. Together we go deep undercover into the world of spy movies to decode the best and worst of spy cinema. Will the film make the knock list? Well, Cam, what is the knock list? The knock list is the need to see official classics of the Spy Hearts podcast. We are curating the ultimate list of spy films, and so we're going to bounce all over the place from James Bond to Jason Bourne to who knows what and determine whether they belong in the pantheon of all-time great spy films. That's right. So join us every Tuesday on all your favorite podcast apps. Just search Spy Hearts. That's S-P-Y-H-A-R-D-S. But until then, listeners, good luck. Among the Shadows. Hello, everybody. I hope you're enjoying today's episode of the podcast. It's uh, been in production for a little while, so thanks for bearing with me on that. Also, thank you for bearing with me in the audio quality. For those of you who don't know, I always have technical problems all the time. It never ends. I can't seem to do the same thing in the same way twice. It's really, really annoying. But my soundboard died on me, where I plug in my microphones and stuff, so I'm sorry that the audio quality of this episode is not so great. I'm working, I bought a new one, trying to get it to work, it's super frustrating. Anyway, so I also want to say thank you to all of the people who participated in this episode, that'd be Tanner, and it would be Jack, and upcoming is the fellas from Straight to DVD podcast. Thank you guys so much for doing this with me. And thank you, Lindsay, for doing my ad read. I appreciate you, babe. If you want to get a hold of me, you can email me, discdumppod at gmail.com. That's D-I-S-C-D-U-M-P-P-O-D at gmail.com. Don't forget that little PP in there. It's important. On Twitter, I'm at the discdump. Instagram, discdumppodcast. Facebook, there's a group and a page. So the group is called the Disc Dump Podcast Fans. You should definitely join that. I post lots of memes, trailers for upcoming episodes, so on and so forth. Oh, and be sure to check me out on the Spy Hearts Podcast. I was in the most recent episode, and we talked about Central Intelligence, the Kevin Hart and Rock movie. It's a good time. It's a pretty good episode, if I do say so myself. So be sure to check me out on the Spy Hearts Podcast. Alrighty, everybody. Thanks for bearing with the audio. I know this is going to be a big episode because it's a very popular topic, so please tell everybody you know, rate, review, and subscribe, all that jazz. Really appreciate you. Now let's get back to the episode.
Hello and welcome to the Disc Dump Podcast, part three of this mega episode. I'm kind of Benjamin buttoning it because I'm starting at the end and working my way forward in my recording schedule. So we have made it to the finale, which is The Dark Knight Rises. And today I am joined by the fellows from Straight to DVD, Mike and Raph. How are you guys? Hello, Miles. Fantastic. I'm, I'm good. No, it's fine. I don't want to speak for you, Raph. I am good. Raph, how are you? I'm fantastic. Great. <laughs> I love that we're all fantastic. I'm good. You, you, you guys are fantastic. fantastic. Yes, can't. Don't get it twisted, Miles. He's just good. Uh, <laughs> it's funny because this you're the last person they're gonna hear. The last people they're gonna hear on this episode, and then you're gonna be the first episode in February. So you get you get sandwiched. You get two in a row. How exciting is that? That's pretty tight. Wow. Wait. So this yeah. this one's gonna come out before the other one. That is correct. (laughs) We recorded before this. So, like, this is our second time on. Yep, but it's your first time for the audience. Do you want us to lie? Should we pretend that we're newbies? No, you're good. Great. Just confuse the shit out of everyone. I like that. I like that. (laughs) You guys will hear more from Straight to DVD next week, I promise. But now we're going to just act like they know you. So, um... (laughs) Today we watched The Dark Knight Rises. I know that uh, Raph tends to have crazy opinions that are totally different from mine. What did you think of this movie? You want me to start? Yes, please. Let's yes. get ahead of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just jump right in. Uh, I don't like it. Oh, I knew it. <laughs> I think it's a really, I think it's a really weak ending to the Dark Knight trilogy. It, it doesn't build on what you know the other two you know, lay the foundation for. It's just the whole thing kind of falls flat. It's messy. I don't get it. It's it's weird. It's heartless. It's just like, it's just, it's very bleh. So I saw this movie uh, the weekend when it first came out back in, when was that, 2012 this came out? I think I did I too. So. Um, yeah, so I saw it immediately. I was up in Massachusetts, and I remember I was so excited because I was such a huge fan of The Dark Knight. Um, and when I first saw this movie... I hated it. I didn't like it at all. And and everyone I went with, they loved it. I was the the odd man out, so I felt uh like a dunce and like I didn't I missed something that maybe they picked up on it. Um and so I've only seen it like once or twice since then. Uh, and my opinion hadn't really changed, but I watched it today uh, in preparation for our our episode here this evening and I enjoyed it a lot more than I remembered. It being, I thought it was a lot better than I remembered it being. I think that it's kind of messy in the third act, but I sort of like the Gotham City inner workings post Batman and post Harvey Dent in the first two acts. It's very, I think part of its messiness is due to the untimely death of Heath Ledger and the fact that as a sequel, it kind of doesn't really follow the Dark Knight that much. It's more a sequel to Batman Begins, but I I think it's pretty good. That's that on a good day. That's what I'll say. I'll say I think it's pretty it's pretty good. Right. I uh, like you. The first time I watched it, I was so disappointed. I was like, "What the hell was that?" Like, uh, it was messy. Like you said, it, there were plot points that just didn't make any sense whatsoever, and Bane's voice was. So silly. I don't understand why they went <laughs> with, oh, yes, I have a silly voice. Like, it's pretty good. So yeah. 
<laughs> I spent between 2012 and 2016 only speaking like that. So, you know, times have changed a little. Um, but overall, now that the, this most recent time I watched it, I saw even more flaws, yet I enjoyed it a lot more than my first time watching it because I kind of forgot what all happened in it. So do you guys want to just like kind of walk through the plot just a little bit? And then as, as plot holes come up, we can just rip it into teeny tiny little pieces. Absolutely. Yeah, well, where should I start? I guess in, in the beginning. Like yeah. Mike said, part of the problem with this movie is was the untimely death of Heath Ledger, which was, one, just extremely tragic um, on its own. You know, just losing someone that talented at that age. Awful. The movie could have somehow acknowledged that there was once a presence of this Joker character who did all these things eight years ago, even if there was just like a throwaway line of, Hey, remember when that weird clown dude was here and he was doing all that crime? (laughs) That's, that's one line. It it, it takes care of that situation. He disappears and we don't have to worry about it ever again. But every other villainous character from the previous Batman movie shows up. Scarecrow makes an appearance. No one had thought about Scarecrow in, in eight years. When, when this movie, like, finally came out. We all forgot about Cillian, Chillian Murphy, whatever his name is. <laughs> Sitting there as, as the judge. And, you didn't like his cameo? No. You don't like Killian? I like him, but I didn't like his cameo. I, I think that Christopher Nolan, like, one of Christopher Nolan's, one of his misses in this movie is not acknowledging uh, the fact that the Joker happened in in Dark Knight. Like, it was the biggest part of, of that movie. Um, he carried that entire movie. I know he didn't want to say anything or involve the character um, out of respect for Heath Ledger, uh, but it really, I thought it took away from, like, the plausibility of the movie. His absence is felt in this movie after how important of a part he played in the second one in molding Batman as the character he ends up being at the end of the second one. And he is the direct cause of the result of what happened with Harvey Dent. So when you have a whole plot that revolves around the city of Gotham being built up to what it is now based on a lie, the cause of that lie not being acknowledged and essentially being non-existent is kind of strange as a direct sequel thing. Like uh, This movie starts eight years after the Dark Knight, so a lot has changed in Gotham since then. Um, but, you know, it's almost his, uh, Heath's Joker's absence in the film is almost distracting. Yeah. And it's like I said, it really does feel like, because there's so much League of Shadows in this, it really does feel like a sequel to the first one. And I, it actually, it's well, in the beginning, it's kind of a sequel to the second one because they're talking about <clears throat> fucking uh, Harvey. Harvey Dent. Harvey, yeah. And, you know, it's Harvey Dent Day. Every other character who's popped up in this Batman trilogy that Nolan's created, like, comes up in this last movie. Even, uh, what? And Ra- Ra- Liam Neeson. Yes, yeah. Ra's al Ghul. Yeah. He, he even makes an appearance. Like, yeah, everyone, yeah, everyone yeah. is in it. Yeah. Ex- and they don't, they acknowledge every past character except for. Except for the Joker, who's probably the the biggest character. 
Yeah, I uh, so Christopher Nolan apparently he like makes comic book storyboards out of like every shot of what he wants to happen in a movie, and he was like, if Heath Ledger had been alive, this is what I would have done with him. And when they're like, when Bane's busting everybody out of Blackgate. What he had drawn was that the Joker is in Blackgate and he's all excited. He sees everyone getting out and he goes to get out and he's still locked in his cell. He was like the one person that Bane wouldn't let out. So that was kind of Chris Nolan's like, okay, Heath Ledger's gone. This is what I could have done. But he didn't end up even shooting that because he didn't want to put anyone in the purple coat. Of course. Yeah. Which I get. It was weird that that Joker guy was here and caused so much damage and then just randomly left. Yeah, he's just gone. They they should have at least been like, oh, hey, he's like, he's buried somewhere deep, dark, and away from everybody. Like, they could have done something, but they, they literally just don't acknowledge it, anything except the fact that he was in the last movie. They're like, yeah, there was the Joker, and he was a bad guy, and he corrupted Harvey Dent. But that's it. That's all they say about him. So it is kind of a bummer that they're not like, oh, and the military came in and scooped him up and, you know. And it's I think I think that Batman is as his most interesting as a character when the Joker is involved. But what's interesting about this movie is that I Batman is rarely in it actually. He's not in very much of this movie at all. In fact, Bruce is not even in that much of this movie. Uh the movie's almost 3 hours long. I think Bruce is in maybe half hour 45 minutes of it and Batman's in like another 20 half hour. Um but I like what he does with the Batman character early on, being that he's been absent for eight years. He's sort of like this legend, and the way the cops interact with him upon his resurgence I thought was interesting. But I thought that this was the best acting Bale has done as Batman in all three of the movies, because he's fucking exhausted. Like, his mm-hmm. jaw, like his like mouth is like a gape, like his eyes are like dead, just because he's so old and tired and he can't walk. Okay, this is completely, this is completely, um, this is completely unrelated to us uh, panning out the plot. But you mentioned uh, plot holes, so he can't walk, right, Miles? Right, right, Raph. The doctor says he has no cartilage in his knee. Right, he's a knees. cane. He's a cane, right? Right. Okay, so he 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 gets a mechanized brace in one scene, and then he's like walking around, and he's fine, and then he karate kicks a brick wall. <laughs> And he destroys the brick wall. And he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but, like, the brace doesn't automatically make the rest of your meat sack, human fleshy foot and leg mechanized. I, he would have broke his ankle. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, right through the brick wall. That was so weird to me. There were so many moments like that where I was like, now, why, though? Why did that have to happen? Like, he kicked a brick wall that was not really even a wall. It was just like a small mound of bricks in the middle of the Batcave. So he must have been planning to kick it. I don't know. Laying mortar and shit. But <laughs> there, was, there was just so many of those moments. Like, uh, I don't... And what's really funny about it is, like, you can suspend that belief of, like, okay, this is realistic when you're watching a superhero movie. Like, obviously, we all do that. But the fact that er, the very first thing you pretty much hear, the very first thing you hear Bane say is, why would someone shoot a man before throwing him out of a plane? So he's like, question everything. The first message you get out of this movie is question everything. And then, like, there are just so many things. It's like, don't question. He's just Batman.
Well, and also I think the issue with that in this particular movie is that Nolan spent so much time in the first two movies making making it such a grounded real world version of Batman where there isn't much room for for that kind of disbelief. Like we're supposed to understand this version of Gotham as a version that could very much so be a city where we people who inhabit this real world uh, live in. And the third movie strays away from it so much where it wouldn't be as distracting if it were its own standalone Batman movie, but because, but because it's coming off of the back of those other two, it's, like, much more glaring of an issue. Like, the fact that Bruce Wayne and Batman both go into hiding for eight years and no one sees from them, and then they both reappear on the same night and no one thinks to put two and two together that the billionaire who was missing is Batman who was also missing... I feel like they did kind of acknowledge that, though, because, like, everyone except for Commissioner Gordon had it figured out. Like, Catwoman had it figured out after he comes out, and he's like, I felt like going for a walk. And Robin figured it out in zero time whatsoever. Like, Robin was just like, oh, I know exactly who this is. So there was a couple people that it was pretty clear they they had figured it out. But the fact that Commissioner Gordon, the the private eye, most intelligent person who's fighting crime, is like, oh my god, Bruce Wayne. Oh, who would have thought? <laughs> like, that's so strange. Interacted with him the most. It's because he talks like this. He can figure it out. <laughs> you do a pretty good Batman, too. He does. And a good Bane. Yeah. That sounded exactly like you I think your Bane is better. Well, thank you. I used to do the Joker pretty good, too, but I can't anymore. It's been too long. Can we hear you say time to go mobile? It's time to go mobile. It's <laughs> <laughs> really good. Thanks, thanks. You make it better by putting your hand over your face. And anyway, what? Okay, what yeah. is? What the hell is his mask? His what mask is, is a magic C4 mask. I don't know, or CO2 cartridge mask is the only thing. Like, I don't know why it's like his weakness. You know, like why? Extremely painful. You're <laughs> It's Littlefinger. Littlefinger, yes. I wanted to talk about that, too. Littlefinger's in it, and he's got hair. Like he a does hair. hair. He has hair like you. <laughs> he I, does. Never, I never watched Game of Thrones. Oh, you're missing out. Oh, man. Somewhat. He's like a really important character for six of the seven seasons. So, yeah, he's he's a good good actor. And then he's yeah. then he's not important for the end. He is, ever so briefly. He's the mer- he's the guy at the beginning who... Where's the trigger? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Also, can we talk about I'm how we're in hockey pads? We're, <laughs> I'm totally skipping towards the end here, but uh, can we talk about how horrible of a death scene Marion Cotillard has in this movie? Yeah, it's like she dies in a car crash at the end. Like, of all the ways to go, just a petty car crash as you fall from a cliff. And it's like the worst acting I've ever seen Marion Cotillard do. She's like, <sighs> she like shakes her head and then is like. <sighs> an extremely uneventful death considering how much of a menace he is throughout the entire movie Catwoman just rolls up and like pew pew shoots and and then he's and then he's got yeah very anticlimactic yeah so how into Batman are you guys like do you read comics at all or anything like that I used to I'm he's my favorite he's my favorite comic book character me too so are you familiar with Damian Wayne yes so yeah, for the audience or whoever doesn't know who Damian Wayne is, 
he when he got got freaky with Talia Al Ghul, you know, they they did it in all the holes and stuff. He they had a baby and stuff. So I feel like she didn't die in the movie. That she was just pretending to be dead, and she's just a really bad actress for just uh, slumping over and being dead. So you so the the unwritten Dark Knight resurgence, <laughs> Nolan coming out in 2025, starring old gruff. Uh, what's his name? Uh, John Joseph jo- Joseph <laughs> Jason 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 Joseph Levinson. There you go. Bruff, he's yeah. Uh, um, okay. <laughs> I cannot the reveal the reveal of the Robin name. Oofa doofa. Oofda la. That still makes me want to throw chairs across a room. <laughs> a friend of mine taught me the term ham fisted a couple months ago. And I like to use it as often as possible. That shit was ham-fisted. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. They couldn't, they didn't, he didn't have to, well, it's like, we know he's Robin. Who gives a shit? You don't have to be, dude, fuck you. Like, come on. Well, I, th- I think another thing is, uh, I'm trying to transport myself back to 2012 when this movie first came out. And there was so much hype around it because the Dark Knight was, was so, yeah, so, so, was. so, so, so amazing. So amazing. And... In this period, I was really into reading, like, cracked articles and, like, other douchey things on the internet, (laughs) and there there was so much discourse around how Christopher Nolan was setting up uh, this trilogy to be about the death of Bruce Wayne, but the continuation of the Batman character, and, you know, about how it can live through people beyond Bruce, and when this movie was coming out, like, that was kind of where my expectation was... And the the Jason Joseph Lovitz guy, I was just expecting him to be a random a random character who would then, at the end of the movie, step into the role of Batman without necessarily like after the death of Bruce Wayne, but also not necessarily being a Robin character. Like just there's so much talk in the first two movies about how Batman is more of a symbol than an actual person, and the fact that it's not fully carried out through the end. I think is part of why a lot of people were super disappointed when this movie first came out. And I'm sure a lot of that was due to like fucking uh studio just like getting their hands in the mix. And they were like, well, we got to leave it open in case we want to make some sequels. And people like Robin, Robin's a name that they know. They always want a random <laughs> Batman guy. Let's make him a Robin. Yeah. And like, I'm, there were some pretty cool fucking scenes with Joseph Gordon-Levitt though. Like when he's like getting grabbed by the two dudes and he ricochets the bullet off from behind him. That shit was fucking cool. <laughs> amazed that the bullet didn't go through the truck but yeah i mean you know i noticed that too i was like i don't remember uh john blake kicking ass in this movie and then yeah. he just gets promoted to detective by com- the commish commishy yeah in one second he's like you know what you work for me detective and that was it he was just a detective at that point yeah Catwoman has like a girl who's her friend and they're really touchy-feely which makes me wonder if it's her girlfriend 100 percent, they're promiscuous with one another. 100 percent. I love Anne Hathaway as Selena in this movie. Me too. I'm not the I'm not the biggest fan of Anne Hathaway in general. I thought she was unlike she'd ever been in any other film before in this movie. She turned up the sex appeal. She was probably the best live action Catwoman we've ever gotten. Zoe Kravitz may top that in the uh, Matt Reeves Batman, but as of now, I think Anne Hathaway knocked out of the park. She's actually my favorite part of the movie. Now that you talk about it, I do spend so much time just hating this movie, Um, but she, I mean, she is very enjoyable. Her Selena is, like, 
probably the most interesting character, um, I guess, out of the big three, her, Bruce, and, and, uh, and Bane. Like, I didn't find Bane to be interesting at all. I don't, Miles, like, what, what did, you, what did you think of Bane as a character in this movie? I like, I like, I like the physical part of it. And, like, in the comics and the cartoons, Bane is very, very eloquent. So I like that they made him a thinker and not just, like, a brute that doesn't speak. Like, in the old Batman movie, they did Bane dirty in that movie. But he uh, he was so much better in this movie than that movie. But overall, like, I don't know. He, I like him, but I hate him. So I don't know if you guys can explain this to me and, like, Maybe I'm just so blinded by hate that I can't actually, like, see the movie for what it is. But what is his, like, what is his purpose besides just being a menace? Like, it, it seems like, like, like Joker in Dark Knight, obviously, um, he gives us some insight into he's just, like, he just likes causing chaos for the sake of causing chaos. But Bane, it seems like there is some sort of deeper explanation to what he's doing. But it never they, really they comes. It never really comes across. They don't. To me. They don't point this out. He's in love with Talia. Mm-hmm. He's in yeah. love with Talia, and Ra's al Ghul shunned him, and Ra's al Ghul is dead. And he, helping Talia fulfill her father's destiny, what her father wanted, I think, in, posthumously, in his mind, even though he died, like will die doing it. They'll all mm-hmm. die doing it. They're all willing to. The entire League of Shadows is willing to die for this cause. It's like his way of earning the approval of the woman he loves father. That's that was something that like I it's not explained in the movie at all, but that's sort of what I gather yeah. based on the way they interact with one another. So is he a pedophile? Because she's a child. I, I when thought they... that. I thought that. I was like, damn, she she's she young. <laughs> I feel like the actress is like the same age though, but uh, I wrote the, I wrote the Talia twist, and then I put a quote in that she said at the end of the movie. She says, his only crime was that he loved me. Bullshit, that's his only crime. He's over there snapping everybody's fucking necks and blowing up cars and shit. He blew up a football field. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's, he's dropping a giant hydrogen bomb in the middle of God's Also, city. what is this Caucasian man doing in the worst prison somewhere on the other side of the world? Why is it uh, big? Middle Eastern. Yeah. Is that just so we can, like, like not like them? It's like, oh, Middle <laughs> East. war on terror, bro. Yeah. They would have been Russians if this was the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Like, yeah. Would have been, not, like, explicitly Middle Eastern, but we all understand it to be that. 100%. And I think just so that it's easier to dislike whatever's going on over there. Also, where did Bruce go after he climbed out of the pit? Yeah, he didn't have any money. How'd he get home so damn fast? He didn't have a a phone? He got home immediately. He had nothing. Yeah, and he was in a suit. Did someone call? This is why, yeah. Do they get cell service down there? This is where I agree with Raph on his take on the movie. I hate the third act of this movie. Like, ever, from the moment he blows up the football stadium to the end, I'm like, this is a fucking mess. It's a cluster. (laughs) It is a mess. (laughs) I like the first two acts, but I hate the third act. I hate don't understand doing what they're doing in this movie. <laughs> I feel like I feel genuinely confused when I watch this movie as to why anything is happening. Like it just feels like a very loose set of like set pieces for Christopher Nolan to have like this big score and the and like 
shooting and people falling and shit and there's an explosion and it's just like why are we doing this like why are we here what is what's going on oh i'm gonna rob the stock exchange (laughs) (laughs) well i feel like he wrote himself into a corner by breaking batman he broke batman's back okay well robin's not batman yet so we gotta make batman better how long does it take to fix a broken back let me google it real quick oh five months minimum well, Batman can do it in five months, but what's going to happen for five months? Well, I guess Bane's going to torture an entire city for five months without any real motive. Oh, okay, that makes sense. No, you're absolutely right. I didn't realize because I was like this whole six-month timer on the bomb or whatever. I was like, this is so, I was like, this is so dumb. And, and, and then you're like, you mean to tell me that the United States is not <laughs> – fear in any capacity or try anything for six months while terrorists run its greatest city. It was so, so bizarre to me, but it's like, if you wanted to make a movie about what living under martial law and living under a warlord is like, then make a movie about that. They didn't really explore that. There's just some weird cutaways of, like, rich people being pulled out from under desks yeah. and, like, poor people popping bottles of champagne. Here's here's the other thing about Christopher Nolan. This movie has an air of thinking or presenting itself as being much smarter than the actual movie is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't think Christopher Nolan trusts his audience. Like, he didn't trust us at all to, like, make a an actually like good sophisticated comic book movie. He was like, "Hey, I made Memento. I'm way smarter than everyone. <laughs> smarter than everyone. I'm gonna make a grounded Batman movie with Bane, and it'll be about class warfare and martial law and and these menaces. And he would think that like no one would pick up on the fact that he's full of shit and didn't actually know what he was what he was doing. Like it's cool to make a movie that's just like fun." And there's a bunch of action and set pieces and stuff. But I think the way that it's presented as being smarter than it actually is, is like part of why I hate this movie so much. <laughs> you know? So while we're on that page, did you guys see Tenet yet? No. No. It has the exact opposite problem where Chris Nolan's like, oh, everyone's like, oh, Chris Nolan's so smart. Fine. I'll let you guys think about this as hard as I do. And then the movie he does not explain the time travel. It just is time travel. That's all you need to know. There's time travel now. You pick something up and you drop it and it comes back in your hand. Time travel. Didn't you get that? I said it, so it is. And it's like, ooh, Chris Nolan, you missed an important part of movie because I don't understand what has happening in movie. So, so I mean, I, I really like movie, but this bad movie. So, Tenet, bad movie. Oh, um, yeah. Based on that, I have a feeling we'll Dude, hate it. I can't wait. To, I can't wait to, to watch Tenet. I can't wait to hate watch it. It. I wanted to like it so bad. It was the last movie I saw in the theater. I wanted to like it so bad. It's just not good. <laughs> it's just so bad. Get out of this movie. Yeah. I don't. I don't like this for Nolan. I don't know if you could tell. I mean, it's uh one of those people who's universally loved, so of course you're not gonna like them. So. <laughs> I think he, I think he has singers. I like. I think Me- Memento is his best work. Prestige is really good. I like Prestige and, and obviously and Dark Knight. And the Dark Knight. Yeah. Um, I I like Inception. Inception is a ripoff of The Matrix, and it's up its own ass. <laughs>
I love all these movies. You guys are preaching to the wrong choir. <laughs> I, I like. I enjoy Dunkirk. I haven't seen Dunkirk. I think Dunkirk Dunk- might actually be one of his smarter movies um, because he's not. He's not like trying to be showy about it. Like he's not showing how smart he is, which is right. what. Which back to Dark Knight Rises. Like, why? What is the? What is this class warfare? Why are rich people? getting their pearls snatched and, and dragged from, like, underneath their beds. Like, what? He's commenting on class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see? We're commenting on class. Okay. That, that That's all That's all you have for us? Yeah. Just rich class warfare ripped from their luxurious lifestyles. Some pretty poignant writing in this movie, though, at some points. Like, when Catwoman's, like, explaining that Batman and all the rich people are about to fucking go down, and she's like, you're gonna wonder how you could live so large and leave so little for the rest of us and shit. I liked pretty much any time Anne Hathaway was on the screen. Yeah, she was good. I think the most interesting parts of the movie were when they actually did explore that sentiment and what it's like having a city free of crime built on a lie and what that how that weighs on the people who are aware of the lie though that, that those plot points i thought were interesting but they all sort of unravel when bane takes over the city and everything just sort of overlaps there's not enough time for anything to sort of breathe yeah. uh, all the editing is bizarre it's constantly cutting back and forth between like, there aren't really scenes at that point. It, like, cuts to a character saying a line, and then it cuts to something else happening. Um, it's, it's, it's a little strange. I feel I feel like it... it, it Uprising. Yeah. he. I, I think that this movie was, like, a third and fourth movie mashed into one. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, it just... It feels like it's trying to do so much at once at the end. Yeah, and it's funny because Batman Begins is so, like deliberate in the way that it's paced it's like such a drawn out movie and there's not a whole lot that happens in it um and then the dark knight it's i mean from what i remember i haven't seen it in a while but from what i remember it's like a fairly tight movie like there's not a lot there's not a lot of fat like around around the edges of it um it's it's very tight and then this movie it's just like all over the place and like sort of bloated and there's no real focus um, it's just like Mike said, it's just like jumping all around from place to place and like from thing to thing. And like, yeah, there, like you said, there's no room for any of the ideas to, to actually build or breathe. Um, like all this stuff with Selena is like super interesting, but you're distracted because there's also like sewer people. Yeah, unexplained sewer people. That that part's a little goofy. Just over that so quickly with the kids at the orphanage being like oh there might be work in the sewers and john blake is like what do you mean work in the sewers what are you talking about and then they don't explain it any further you just find out that the mercenaries are living under there and they're just hiring homeless people to b- build a, 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 a what are they building <laughs> what they were doing was they were lining c4 under like all the major monuments but that's still you'd think it would take like i don't know a week yeah, not, like how do they get C four on all the bridges, like yeah. not bridges, without anybody noticing? How do they get all those people to work at work at the stock exchange? Like the 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 janitor who has an Uzi in his in his fucking um oh yeah I guess they in, leave in his mop in his mop bucket yeah and the delivery guy. Isn't it? Isn't it so weird? And the guy weird. who's shining shoes like yeah, isn't and he it just has a gun in his in his fucking shoe shining box? It's, I don't, 
get jobs there. It's so weird There's to no me background that, checks. that the whole intro of Bane to that scene is like him not being able to make it through the metal detector, but all his other henchmen <laughs> just have Uzis already. <laughs> and he's wearing a helmet over his mask, which I, I don't know if you've ever put on a motorcycle helmet. It don't work like that. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. Well, no, Chris <laughs> Nolan was like, ooh, I want a scene of him whacking a woman with this helmet. Yeah. He's just like, but she does. She does the fuck out of that, that female security guard with the helmet. I was like, damn. Yeah. Like, how did the how did the delivery guy who was delivering the food, how did he get in with his handgun if there's a metal detector at <laughs> the front? Yeah. It would have been like, sir? There was lead in the, in the, the whole wheat sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Can't bring that Glock into the stock exchange. You can't allow. <laughs> leave, leave the gun. Bring the sandwich. Yeah. That famous no. <laughs> Back to what you guys were talking about a minute ago. So what the Dark Knight did better than the Dark Knight Rises is I remember sitting in the theater watching the Dark Knight and like a huge scene is happening and I'm like, oh, this is crazy. This is the end. And then this huge scene ends, and then there's another hour of movie after that, and you're like, oh, shit, well, I thought they were going to blow up the boats, but I guess not. So it felt like there were multiple climaxes, because it's like, how much crazier can this shit really get? And then The Dark Knight Rises is not, does not have that kind of payoff to it. It has the big scenes, but the lulls between the scenes need to make the plot make sense, and he kind of drops the ball on all of those. Especially at the end. What you're referring to, what's so effective about the finale of The Dark Knight, is it's a very intimate, quiet character climax between Bruce and the Joker in the construction site, and then between Bruce and Harvey in the other, in the, the subway tunnel. Is that, is it the subway tunnel? I don't know. It's, it's not the subway tunnel. Whatever. It's where, it's where Rachel died. I think. Right. It's the blown up building, but it's these Same it's shit. these quiet it's just these moments between these characters, and then you have the Dark Knight where it's like a hundred cops fighting a hundred <laughs> mercenaries in broad daylight, and just Batman and Bane are, are <laughs> kung fu fighting in in the middle of them. It was just it was very it was very uh, corny to me um, in that regard, where it's like okay, like Bruce's arc in this movie, like he's get got back to his his physical. Prowess and his gray hair is now when did gone. He, when did he train? <laughs> in the prison. He was right. doing push-ups. He did push-ups. That's what's important. Yeah. And like the big lesson of the movie is he needs to learn how to jump real good. That's how he can beat Bane. Is he learns how to jump real good? Miles, Miles, Miles. I'm sorry. I, I just I have to ask a question. Yo, do it, do it. Yeah, Miles, <clears throat> Miles. So they establish early on in the movie he's got no cartilage in his knee. He can't walk. He needs a mechanized brace to do it. He doesn't have the mechanized brace in the prison. They set his back. He does some push-ups. He's walking perfectly fine all throughout the prison. He's walking fine. He's climbing fine. Yep. He, he had a cane at the beginning of the movie. It's so weird. That, that stuck out to me more than anything else when I rewatched it. I was like, this is a huge plot point well, in the beginning. Yeah, they, and then- they break his... Nolan, in the beginning of this movie, breaks his body too much for it to be plausible for him to get to the point where he is at the end. Like, if he had just broken it a little bit less, like, maybe if the doctor didn't say you have no cartilage in your knees and they don't fully break his back, like, if they, if it was just like, oh, your knees are kind of bad and maybe, you know, you should do physical therapy three times a week. (laughs) Then the push-ups would have worked. But there's also, 
there, there's, I don't know why this stuck out to me so much when I was watching it this time. Uh, there's a scene after this, the stock exchange where, uh, Bruce and Alfred are watching Bane fight and Michael Caine's like, look at him, his speed, his ferocity. Look at his speed, his ferocity. It's, he sounded like a sports broadcaster who was just saying random buzzwords, like <laughs> quickness, agility. <laughs> And how does how does he hear all of the underground rumors when he's a fucking butler? He's like, I suppose you want to hear about all the rumors surrounding Bane. They say he's ruthless. I'm not wearing hockey pants. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the trigger? Anyway, so this looks like it's probably a pretty good time for us to take a break from talking about plot-specific important parts of this podcast and dick around by playing a round of best wishes. How do you guys feel about that? I, that sounds great. I've been I'm looking dead. forward to this the whole time. Awesome. So I believe uh, – do you guys remember who went first last time? I imagine you don't. I, I did. I think it was Rap. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I guess I need to explain this because not everybody listens to every episode. Um, this is a Wish.com game where they you can buy shit directly from China – and it's always fucking wild on this website what you can get because it can be anything from shoes to purses to candy to dildos to bongs to crack pipes. You can get anything you want on Wish.com. And the descriptions are clearly not written by an English-speaking person. So this game is I will read the name of something slash description of it. And you're going to try and tell me what it is that I'm describing to you. So it's a, it's a wild game. It's so much fun. And I only do it when I have two guests. So this is the perfect time. So Mike, yes, this one is men's lingerie, stretchy bikini briefs, underwear, closed sheath, smooth underpants for six U S American dollars. Raph's roommate is, is cackling in the distance. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I uh, I I am <laughs> I immediately thought banana hammock, but I don't think it's banana hammock. We did that because last we, time, right? Because we did that last time. Can you can you give give it to me one more time, Miles? Miles I'm gonna look. It, I'm gonna look. Of course, it. this is men's lingerie, stretchy bikini briefs, underwear, closed sheath, smooth underpants for six dollars. <laughs> Uh, long johns, latex long johns. <laughs> well, if you look at the email entitled "Best Wishes One," you can go ahead and describe what this actual product is. Damn it! I was gonna. I was okay. I was going to joke and say, uh, like a latex chastity belt. I should have said that. It seems so ridiculous to me. What I'm seeing here, um. Miles and listeners, uh, is a pair of golden underpants that has a hole for your testes to hang through, and uh, <laughs> and a, a rather immodest sleeve for your schlong to hang in. Yeah, that's that's what I'm looking at. That's why would the balls be the part that hangs out? That's the part no one wants to see. I I really like the. The, the testy hole. Yeah. <laughs> testy hole. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> okay. This, this was fun. This was fun. Raph, 
Yours is men's hiding gaff panty shaping briefs underwear. Six dollars. Very similar. Very similar. Let's see. Um, the only thing, the only part is hiding. So I'm going to assume that this is a pair of underpants that takes your pee pee and makes it look like a vajayjay. Holy shit! You nailed it right on the head. Go ahead and look at best wishes number two. I also have a pair of these. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's uh, it's camel toe men's underwear. Incredible. <laughs> hiding is what gave it away. Raph is much better at this game than I am. <laughs> Apparently. Well, here comes your redemption. So this one's this one's a pretty good one. Um, it's a little uh, we'll say it's a little more tame than the last one in some weird ways. This is Fashion Clothing 3D Forbidden Valley Ranch Slut T-Shirt Women's Slash Men's Casual T-Shirt $8. (laughs) Um, Can you give me the ranch uh, part? (laughs) This is Fashion Clothing 3D Forbidden Valley Ranch Slut T-Shirt Women's Slash Men's Casual T-Shirt for $8. Okay, so I'm assuming it's a T-shirt. <laughs> it is, is a T-shirt. Is it a uh, um? Is it a T-shirt with like uh ranch empty ranch bottles on it, or like ranch dressing? Like it's soaked in ranch dressing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're in the right ballpark if you open Best Wishes number three. It's it. <laughs> okay, so it is a it is a it's an actual T-shirt, and there is a. Very scantily clad woman, uh, deep throating a ranch bottle on it, and her tentacles are blocked out by some uh, Forbidden Valley Ranch dressing sticker. <laughs> I would wear that. I would wear this. How much is this? Eight bucks. Eight bucks. It's on sale. Do you think we see this published? She's wearing, wearing ranch labels as pasties over her nipples. She must have some huge ass nipples because those are big pa- pasties, dude. God. <laughs> She kind of looks like Lucy Liu. I don't know if that's racist or not, but I just feel like she looks like Lucy Liu. She thought this same thing. She does. Um, so maybe maybe all three of us are racist. It's possible. <laughs> One of the last ones I did, uh, which will come out way later, probably in March, um, there was a, a penis extender that had John Cena on it for some reason. <laughs> so it wouldn't surprise me if it was Lucy Liu. <laughs> Alrighty, Raph. Next one is, uh, there's two pictures because one just doesn't do it justice, but I'll read the description for you. Ultra thin, invisible, shiny, glossy men's pantyhose, nylon, stocking, tights, sheath, open, sexy, big, $5. Sorry, can you give me one second? I think my girlfriend just got here. (laughs) Star wipe transition. Can you reread that? Sure. The uh, the item you're guessing what it is is ultra thin, invisible, shiny, glossy men's pantyhose, nylon stockings, tights, sheath, open, sexy, berg for five dollars. Well, that's a pair of long johns with a hole for your ding dong to come through. You're pretty close. If you'll look at best wishes number four, you can describe to me exactly what you're looking at. There are two pictures on that one. Yes. How does he do this? He's spot on. <laughs> I feel like he cheated. I, no, no I, I swear I didn't cheat. I'm just now opening yes, this email for the he first time. He did not cheat. 
I'm blown away. Okay, so he's two. He's two for two. I'm over two. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, we'll say that the next one's worth three points. This is anybody's game. Shout it out if you know it. Okay. 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 Best wishes number five. Let me click on it here. Oh, man. This is a closer for sure. Okay. <laughs> this one is sex products, sexy stockings, sleeping bag, slash women's sexy body stu- suits, body stockings, jumpsuit, new erotic pantyhose, Bags, coveralls, socks, ultra-thin stockings, sexy lingerie, transparent body stockings, $10. Is it, It's just a, a, a full-body, like, lingerie, like, stocking suit? You're pretty close. Go ahead and look at Best Wishes number five and see what it is. I'll give it to you if, if you think I should. Oh, my goodness. Oh, it's for two people? <laughs> Go ahead and describe what you're looking at for the audience. It's like a stocking sleeping bag. That doesn't look comfortable. It does come in three colors. Down from 48 bucks. What a fucking steal. That is a steal. Bye. (laughs) Imagine being the woman they paid to be in this picture. One of the two women. They're like, we need you to get naked and get inside this nylon stocking. It's big enough for you to fit your fucking heads in. This is insane. I can't believe they sell these things. What's this website? (laughs) Wish.com. Go on. Yeah. I'll send you a link if you want, in case you uh, you and your girlfriend want to try it out sometime. That's assuming I have one, Miles. <laughs> okay. Boyfriend, girlfriend, I don't know, whatever. It makes you happy. Uh, <laughs> I have one of those either. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, get yourself a Forbidden ra- the Forbidden Valley Ranch shirt and one of these here, and you're going to be set. No one's going to be able to resist you. <laughs> well, rap, rap wins again. Well, you got the three-pointer. You did, you did. I guess technically, I don't know. Everyone's a loser when you play best wishes. So that's really where we're at. <laughs> so this is easier when there's uh, commercial breaks and shit, but how about Batman, huh, guys? Yes, how about it? Well, I think, okay, so it's funny. I was thinking about this, that, you know, I said that I I kind of liked the film and then went on to point out everything that I found wrong with it. Yeah, what do you like about it? I, I like I said I really like I like Anne Hathaway's Catwoman I think she's fantastic I like what um, Christian Bale does as Batman in this I love Gary Oldman as as Gordon as always and I do think in the first half of the film it's got some interesting ideas and some cool executions of those ideas I think that the plot is and and the script itself is extremely ambitious and would be very impressive if it worked in the end but I think there was just too much going on. That's my ultimate decision. I fucking love this movie. I I know that it's dumb, but I love it. I can't help but love it. It, Part of what hurt it, too, I think, is it came out right after the Avengers came out. Mm. So, like... We we were used to the the Dark Knight was fucking dope. We all watched it ten thousand times, and then the Avengers came out and changed the fucking game. So now we're like, okay, now we need this to be even better than the Avengers. And it wasn't necessarily, so in context, it could have been better. But out of context, if you are willing to ignore some of the silly movie magic of it, I don't know, I thought the writing was pretty interesting. The The third act is where it's weakest. Like, I, I just found Bane so intimidating where he's like, you've made a big mistake. Not as big as you. And then he, like, fucking fucks him up. Oh, my God, that scene's so cool. <laughs> you fight like a younger man. I love their fight scene. I love their fight scene. Okay, but that's the part of the movie. 
Agreed. That's one of the best parts of the movie. But also, one of the weakest parts of this movie is that the fighting is so not realistic in any way. He's just got these power punches, like, and then people are unconscious, and he's, I'm gonna get ya! And he, like, punches people out in one shot, and then he just moves on to the next guy. But Bane is, like, snapping people's necks and then when they fight each other it's just like huh 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 like nobody's actually like grabbing each other and struggling and like pushing and shit like they're all like doing this wang chun bullshit i don't know like the fighting is super 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 not realistic even in like the batman video games fighting a random thug is way harder than one punch and, and that's, that's a fucking, fucking video game so i don't know what did you guys think of the action? Like, obviously the fight between him and Bane is amazing. I think aside from that fight, the action is the weakest part of the movie. Yeah? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, I like the plane sequence at the beginning, kind of. Doesn't make sense, but it's cool. Uh, yeah. It's, uh... Yeah. Uh, 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 I'm going to crush this plane! Yeah. <laughs> I mean, here's here's the problem, too. It's like the fight between him and Bane in the sewer is great that their fight at the end is like, eh. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, it, like, it wasn't me- memorable. None of, no. No, besides the the fight between the two of them in the sewers, or the sewer, singular, I don't, I don't know. The singular sewer. The singular sewer, yeah. My apologies. Um, <laughs> none of it's, like, none of it's very memorable. Um, the opening scene is, like, I think it's just there for spectacle, but... Again, it's like it's hard after you have the opening scene of, of the Dark Knight, which is just spectacle, but it's a way better spectacle, um, and it's a way better introduction to your villain as as spectacle. This like the plane was meh, but ultimately forgettable. Um, the chase after the stock exchange is ultimately very forgettable. Like. Not much happens. There's no there's no truck that's being flipped in the air or anything. Um, and then yeah, like the I don't, I don't even know what big action set pieces there are in the third act because I don't remember any of them. Like, yeah, it was just a big fight at the end. But I'll give you that too because when I was sitting and watching it, I was like, how does Talia die again? I don't even remember. She just is in a car crash and she's dead. And like. Yeah. There, there were a lot of moments where I was like, I don't remember this scene at all. Oh, it's because it's anticlimactic. Right. That's why I don't remember it. It's all very forgettable. The movie I have a couple friends who are in this movie, which is kind of cool. Uh, um, So the football scene was filmed at Steelers Stadium, which is in Pittsburgh, which is about five hours from where I live. And a couple of my friends were in college in Pittsburgh at the time. And that's where they recorded the, the like, chanting, like, the score. Deshe, deshe, asha, asha. So what they did was they, like, did sections of the Steelers Stadium doing different parts and shit. And a couple of my friends, actually, two of my friends, went there and, like, did the, the shouting and shit. It was fucking cool that they were in this movie. But, yeah. That's, that's pretty rad. Yeah. It's a shame they couldn't be in a better movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't hate this movie at all. I know that we can talk all sh- shit all day long. Like, a lot of it is not great. But I still, like, it's a visual spectacle. The camera work's amazing. Like, the plot could be better, but there's so many celebrities in it. There, Like, we can talk about that. Like, so many cameos, it's not even funny. Yeah, there are a lot of famous actors in this movie. Who? A lot. The whole fucking main cast. Christopher Judge is in this movie. 
Who that? He's Tell from it. Stargate. He's the guy with the golden symbol from Stargate. He plays Kratos yeah. and God. What the fuck is a Stargate? It's a TV show. <laughs> he beats up Robin at one point. That's probably the main thing. Oh, that's pretty cool, I guess. Yeah. There's uh, the FBI guy or whatever that comes in six months later for the first time that they make outside contact. Uh, he's just like, he's a guy from the show Rescue Me. I thought that was pretty cool. And then he dies pretty much immediately. Dennis Leary is not. <laughs> it's not Dennis Leary. No, it's the good looking firefighter. Um, finger quotes around that. There's a guy from Dexter who plays a cop. There's just every tiny little role is somebody famous. So I thought that was kind of cool, like you know, the guy from Stargate. I wrote that Stargate question mark, but overall it's like, yeah, that shouldn't be the main draw of the movie for sure. Uh, I'm gonna just go out on a limb and just say I'm not getting rid of these discs, even though that's kind of the name of the show. I have a trilogy here. Power rankings. Where would you guys put it one to three out of this trilogy? Is it the worst one, the best one, or the middle one? Well. I, I think Dark Knight is obviously the best. Of For the, sure. The middle piece is the best. I like the first two acts of Rises better than Batman Begins, but I think Batman Begins as a whole is better than the whole of Dark Knight Rises. So I'm going to say that it's very close between Begins and Rises. I'll give it to Begins ever so slightly. So Rises at the, at the bottom. Really? Okay. What about you, Raph? I'll just say... I preferred George Clooney's nipple suit to everything that you've <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I take it that you think this one's the worst of the series? Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Miles? I actually enjoyed the George Clooney one. I did too. It was the first, one of the first movies I saw in the theaters. Same, but, same. Yeah, right on, man. Um, Batman love. One love. Uh... <laughs> But, uh, so, yeah, where would I, this is obviously the the audience knows I've watched all three of these movies, even though this is the first one we're recording, so I don't know what the other parts are going to be like, but, uh, hopefully I'll get my equipment to work better next time. Um, so, I'm thinking I would probably put this one in the middle. I'm not a huge, the hugest fan of the first one. Batman Begins. Yeah, that's not my favorite movie. Like, I saw that movie in the drive-in the weekend it came out. And I was like, okay, but I really like the Jurassic Park movie that came out at the same time. That was pretty cool. I don't really care about Batman too much. But now, like, <laughs> time will tell that that was a mistake. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That one is okay. It's not the worst movie ever made. But I feel like the Dark Knight is one of the greatest movies ever made. And The Dark Knight Rises is just a pretty good movie. You're, you're not going to dump this disc? No, I'm not going to dump this disc. I do have three discs of this movie, but they're all in the same, like, DVD box. Yeah. So, like, I could get rid of, like, the widescreen edition in the DVD and just keep the Blu-ray, but whatever. I'll just keep it all. Fuck it. Drive to your house, and I'm going to pick up that Dark Knight Rises copy, and I'm going to throw it on the ground, and I'm going to stomp it with my feet, <laughs> and I'm going to tell you to buy another movie. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna buy it again. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll probably just buy it again, but if you make the effort, I'll let you. I'll let you in, you can stomp on it, and then I'll let you sleep in the guest room. It'll be fine. Yeah, right on. We'll we'll drink beer and enjoy vape. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, so you guys do the straight to DVD podcast. Um, I know what it's about, but what do you think the audience needs to know about it? Michael. Okay, we literally just both pointed at each other because yeah. neither one of us wanted to start. So, <laughs> okay. last, similarly to you, we are a movie review podcast. We love film. We grew up on film. So every week we tackle a different film, a different group of films. We do a little TV here and there. Um, we just did a Warner Bros. episode on Wonder Woman 84, the first uh, streaming service film of this year. We didn't like it very much. I did. Not a good movie. Yes. Um, so we really, you know, we do all of that, and and we sort of what, what's our what's our brand, Raph? What's our pitch? We're cinematic. What's our pitch? We're what we're, is cin- it? we're cinematic intellects wrapped in a blanket of clownery. Right. That's us. That's an interesting thing. <laughs> Our show needs to know that most of what we're saying is, is satirical. Yeah. It's very important. We don't actually like movies. No, I've never seen I've never seen a movie in my life. We're including movie. Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> movie guys who don't like movies, if Correct. that makes sense. Yes. That's pretty accurate. You're movie guys who don't like movies. That's <laughs> 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 true. Oh my god. So if, if anyone wanted to find you, how what would they type in their little computer box? Oh, you can type into your computer box um at straight to DVD pod. That's the number two at straight to DVD pod. You can type that in on twitter.com or on Instagram.com. I don't know if they have a dot com, but you can find us there. Uh <laughs> they can find us on, you know, pretty much every uh podcast service, Apple, Spotify, Google, um, Anchor. Wherever you want to find us, we're we're there. We're we're talking movies, and you know we we hope you guys join us. I highly suggest that every listener does because I don't know if I told you this last time, but you guys were the first like I don't want to say small time podcast. That's not a nice thing to say. So let me try this again. You were the first not huge podcast I listened to that I was like I need these guys to be on my show. So thank you guys for coming on. I'm super happy you did. Nice thing to say, Miles. Thank we, you. We appreciate that. I hope that it didn't come out wrong because I was like, small-time podcast. Oh, Miles, you let those words come out of your face. That's not what you meant. Anyway. So. Not at all. It is what you meant, and we welcome it. Yeah, we welcome it. We we, we won't get it twisted. We're, we're very small-time. <laughs> You're probably bigger than me, though. So either way, I love your show. You guys are hilarious. I love that you think about movies completely differently than I do. Like, I, I was like, what could they possibly say that's not nice about The Dark Knight Rises? <laughs> so I want to say thank you to the Jazz June for the use of the song Viva La Speed Metal off of the album The Medicine. They've helped me through some hard times. They're a fantastic band, and you guys should find a way to support them. I also want to say thank you to the Fat Rat for the use of the song Unity, which we use to bring us in and out of the ad spots. And to close every episode, you can find that music on YouTube. If you want to get a hold of me, you can email me, discdumppod at gmail.com. That's D-I-S-C-D-U-M-P-P-O-D at gmail.com. Don't forget that little PP in there. It's important. On Twitter, I'm at the discdump. Instagram, discdumppodcast. Again, don't neglect that PP. On Facebook, there's the Dis Dump Podcast page and the group, the Dis Dump Podcast fans. Alrighty, fellas, what are you recommending to the audience? Mike, you want to go first? Oh. Sure, I'm happy. I do. I happen to have one. Oh, d- right dude, off the bat, go for it, bro. Um, I'm gonna recommend a song, actually, if that's cool. Um, yeah. 
for some reason or another, I've been very into sea shanties uh, this week. Um, and I've been listening over and over again to this sea shanty called Wellerman by the Longest Johns. So I recommend anyone who likes sea shanties or would like to expose themselves to sea shanties, check out Wellerman by the Longest Johns. It's fantastic. Sea shanties are actually hot right now. They are. It's weird. They're smoking. It's it's a weird thing. I know a sea shanty as a place to stay by the sea. So is this like beach bum music? Is that what you're talking about? It's pirate. It's like pirate, pirate jingle. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> yes, it's like hark me, hearties, yo ho, yo ho, yo ho, a pirate's hark for hark. You know? Yeah. yeah I love like, it. And like, so, what's it called again? It's called Wellerman by the Longest Johns. I would play a little bit of it, but I have a feeling I'm probably not allowed to. So. <laughs> well, we'll see. Whatever. It's fine. <laughs> what do you recommend, Raph? Um, I'm gonna recommend. Uh, it's kind of a two-parter. I think it'll already be out by the time this episode drops, but WandaVision, which in our real time will be dropping tomorrow, so I'm super excited about that. Uh, but I also recently read, in anticipation for that, House of M, which a lot of people are speculating WandaVision might be loosely based on. It's this Marvel comic where uh, Wanda goes totally berserk, and she creates all these alternate realities, and in one of the re- realities... uh she gets rid of every mutant, so they all just oh. go to put. Um, so there are theories that in this show, WandaVision, it's going to kind of be an opposite where she goes crazy, opens up some alternate realities, and mutants actually appear. How about that? How about that? Hell yeah, I like it. That's a good idea. I hope that's true because I'm ready for some like fucking X-Men fight the Avengers and shit. Alrighty, fellas, thank you for doing this podcast with me. Miles, thank you. Just like last time, even though you, to your listeners it will be next time, this has been a pleasure. Yeah, this has been a big pleasure. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for doing it with me. Look at the list, and we'll schedule the next one. Fantastic. Good. Alrighty, audience. Until next week, toodles. <laughs> <laughs>